Good morning. It's a Monday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. That would make me Glenn Clark. Griffin is here as well. Lots to do on the program today. Today's show brought to you. Got a little thing in my throat. I don't know what that's all about, but I don't care for it. It's brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and by a Toyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Very crisp in my headphones this morning. Is that because of the actual volume, or is it just my headphones that are up? Which which one? Uh, that would be it? because of the actual volume. Okay, let's, let's get that. Let's get the very very crisp this morning. Um. Obviously, a lot to discuss today. Maryland's an eight seed in the NCAA tournament. I'm writing about them today at PressBoxOnline.com. I don't have a lot to say. It's it's nice that Maryland's back in the NCAA tournament. It's always more fun when you know there's there's some connection to the NCAA tournament because they're going to play the tournament no matter what. Like believe it or not, last year they played the tournament anyway, despite the fact that Maryland wasn't part of it. I don't really. It was ridiculous. They they should have just canceled it. Um, and, and that's the way it's, it's like the way that you feel everybody can tell you that, uh, you know, most years the Ravens aren't involved at the start of free agency and you will hear from certain people like, Hey, you know, that's just the way they do business. You can't be surprised by that. And you're like, right, but it's going on. And you kind of like your team to be part of it. Like it's just, you feel like you're left out. If, if the Ravens don't have a first round pick one year in the draft, you feel left out. Everybody else is getting a new toy and it's, it's, you're left playing with the things that you had the years before. It's ridiculous that we don't have any shot at Jacoby Myers right now. Right. The top right. receiver. You, you can make jokes about it, but he would definitely be an upgrade <laughs> on this football team. A significant one, in fact. Um, y- you want to be involved. And so it's nice to be involved. It's nice that Maryland basketball is back in the NCAA tournament. It's me- measured, right? It's measured. Because Maryland lost three of their last four games. Because even when they were at their most successful this season, no one really thought this was a team that was going to make some sort of you know, final four run. M- might have convinced yourself they were a team that was capable of making like a sweet 16 run and... You're probably backing off that now, not only because of the brackets, but based on how the season ended. It's tough to lose three out of four with your only win being over a team that won nine games the entire season. All of it matters in how we talk about it, right? I don't feel good about Maryland's chances of even beating West Virginia. I think for funsies, I'm going to pick them to win in the bracket, but if I'm being completely honest with you, I don't think they're going to win that game. If they do, they're going they to get pummeled by Alabama. They're just going to get pummeled. Absolutely rocked. I might say that. Like, could they be semi-competitive? I guess they could be semi-competitive, but they're not. They're not beating Alabama. That's not happening. So, you know, it, it, there is a little bit of a feeling of like, does it really matter if you beat West Virginia or not? Like, is it going to make you feel any different about this team, whether or not you beat West Virginia? Well, definitely, I mean, definitely. No, it's not. Yeah. You're not going to feel any differently about the team at the end of the year if they beat West Virginia or not. 
nonsense. You're gonna feel you'd differently rather, on you're gonna feel differently on Thursday night. That's when you're gonna feel, and Friday maybe you'll feel differently about it. You'd rather, and lose. then by by Monday it will be irrelevant what happened in that game. You would definitely rather lose. You'd rather have your season end to the team that's probably gonna win it all, but, Alabama. We have no idea if they're gonna win it all or not. Stop. Got a good chance. Just saying, they have a chance, absolutely. But Alabama's if, never won it. Like pretending that a team is just gonna win because they've been good all season, like that's nonsense too. They might. They might. They, I mean, honestly, they might. They got a. They got a hell of a player. Yeah. It's a, a really awkward situation, clearly. But like, stop this idea that there's a prohibitive, most likely team. I mean, like, my God, man. There's there's five teams that look really good at their chances of winning. I take that back. I don't think Purdue has a chance in hell of winning the yeah. national championship. I don't buy into it even a little bit. I think. I, I, in fact, would be stunned at this point if they were even favored against Duke if that's the Sweet 16 matchup. They, I, I mean, if Memphis wins in the second round. I mean, they could. Be, they, no, they could lose to Yeah, but I, I'm i telling you, I think that Duke will all actually be a betting favorite if that ends up being the Sweet 16 matchup. I can't believe they give Oral Roberts Duke. Why? Because Oral Roberts is really good, and I want to root for Oral Roberts. But, well, Duke, you, but Duke's so probably going to win. So root for Oral Roberts, But Duke's then. probably going to win. I, what, to, I mean, like, I don't understand how that impacts your ability to root for Oral because Roberts. I want Oral Roberts to be, you know, Cinderella, and I don't think, okay. I don't think they're going to beat Duke. Cause Duke's, I, I don't know why Duke's you have like, such an affinity for Oral Roberts. Because they're really good. Okay, there are other teams really that are good. Colgate's good. Colgate's not going to win their game. I don't think so, but actually, I think that's one of the more favorable things they could have gotten, given Getting the circumstances. I think there could have been worse matchups for them. Um, the moral of the story being, they're gonna play the game, so you're gonna want them to win it. But if they lose it, you're you're just not gonna care all that much. I, I'm writing about this today at PressBoxOnline.com. By the way, we are we are doing um, a bracket contest, and this is the part where I'm gonna need to slow down the show. I'm gonna have to shut down the show. We gotta fill this thing. Uh, this thing where you all like drag your feet and you, I mean, I don't know. I don't really care all that much. Or, uh, I'm kind of, kind of over brackets. I don't really do. Sh- shut up. 20 bucks. Let's go. Get it in. Any way you want to Venmo, PayPal, or Cash App. Cash App, Glenn Clark Radio. Venmo, get in. 20 bucks. 20 bucks. That's it. Venmo, Glenn Dash Clark. PayPal Glenn Clark 180. Get your $20 in right now. We'll get you into the bracket contest. Half the pot goes to the winner. The other half of the pot goes to show your soft side, an amazing animal charity. The goal is simple. The goal is just to get 25 people in. If we go a little bit beyond that, that's fine. I don't want to go terribly beyond that because I do want everybody to feel like they have a chance. If I have to do this every day until Thursday, I will. I will shut down this show. I will derail this show until you get your 20 bucks in. I will do it. Get in. 20 bucks. Get your spot in the bracket contest. It's not. You can giggle all you want. We're going to shut the show down until it's filled. I'm not kidding. We're not, not going to talk about anything else? I'm not. Time? We're filling this thing. Okay. If we get to the point, like, honest to God, on Wednesday, I'm just going to sit in the chair in the middle <laughs> of the ring. It's just going to become that. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of you dragging the feet. I'm sick of you know who you are. If you're in our circle, you know who you are. Get in. We do it every year. It's a pancake social. It's not new. Get in. Get your 20 bucks over. It's 20 bucks. Don't tell me. I, none of the excuses fly. None of the, uh, I, don't, I just don't care about college basketball the way that I used to. No one gives a rat's ass. It's $20. That's it. 
I'm not asking you for 50 bucks. I'm not asking for your 100. It's 20 bucks, half of which goes to charity. The other half you could use to win 250 bucks or whatever it ends up being. Just get it filled up. I'm going to start calling you out by name. That will occur. I've never been afraid to do it before. I'm not going to be afraid to do it now. I'm going to call you out by name. If you're in our circle, if you're someone who alleges to be a supporter of the show, of what we're doing, you're going to get called out. I need you to fill up the bracket contest now. Don't make me have to do this every day. Let's get it over with. Let's make this a thing that we don't have to talk about come tomorrow. Okay? Thank you. Now, that being said, I'm going to do it again tomorrow, by the way. I'm gonna, it's going to be worse. I'm going to be worse. I'm telling you, tomorrow I start calling you out by name. Tomorrow. Tomorrow is day. Today, I'll call you out on name by, so, uh, by name on social media. Today, those of you that have not gotten in will get tagged in a post on Facebook or on Twitter that you are letting everybody down. You're, you want the animals to die. It's the way I see it. So get it over with. Drag, oh, right, yeah, that time of year again. Sorry, I, I forgot, or I was going to do that late. Nope, nope, do it now. 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 Now, that being said, I'm writing at PressBoxOnline.com. My friend just sent me 20 bucks. He's in. Great. Yeah. Great. Thank you. Your Which friend? Uh, that would be uh, the one that engages with you on Twitter. Sean. Thank yes. you, Sean. <laughs> Appreciate it. Sean's a good person. Sean doesn't want to see animals die. Everyone else apparently does. Also, it doesn't help that he sent it to you. He's got to send it yeah, to I me. Well, I literally, I, pass I really, literally just went over the ways to get it to me. Griffin is not collecting the money this year. Although, you know it what? Works. It works. I, in the yeah. future, that might be the way we do this. <laughs> One less thing for me to have to worry about. I'm intrigued about the prospect of it being a Griffin problem in the future. Get in. All right. Um, I, I'm writing. What I'm writing at PressBoxOnline.com is simply about, you know, don't. I'm not trying to suggest this to Don Carey or to Patrick Million or to, you know, any of the guys whose careers might end, Dante Scott, Akeem Hart, Jameer Young. But this is a house money thing. It, it really doesn't matter what Maryland. I mean, short of them going and doing something crazy, like if they were to go beat Alabama next weekend, then we'd we'd be ready to give Kevin Willard the Lamar Jackson contract. Short of that, it doesn't really matter. And I understand that we're all kind of feeling a little bit of a meh going into the tournament because of how things kind of came apart. It would have been nice for Maryland to even just beat Indiana on Friday night. You know, they got to lead at the half. Maybe don't allow a 15-0 run crazy thought process i don't know what what a concept even if they had just won that game i feel like we would have a much different vibe going into the ncaa tournament than we do instead it's more of like a, oh right they're gonna do that that's cool you know thursday afternoon you'll leave work or i don't even know if people go to work anymore like how, how do you leave work if you, you're at home i'm not really sure how any of these things i don't know what your life is like because I still go to work. I still work a job. And if you guys want to hang out on Thursday, maybe we can wander across the street, uh, watch the game, something like that. I'm not opposed to the idea. Uh, maybe I pick somewhere else. Maybe we'll go somewhere else. Maybe we'll end the show early on Thursday and pick a different location. 
because it's twelve fifteen. Royal Farms or something. Yeah, we do like them a lot. We are big fans of Royal Farms. I don't think that they host them there, but you know, we can we can look into it. We can consider that. Maybe over at the. I love the Costa Sin, big Costa Sin guy. Maybe we go over that way. Um, On Thursday, it'll be fun. It'll be fun to be a part of it again. And if you're like me, it'll be fun. But ultimately, if they lose to West Virginia, if they get blown out by Alabama, nothing changes. Nothing changes. And that's the, the reality. As disappointing as this finish was to the regular season and the the Big Ten tournament, first of all, one, turns out Ohio State maybe a little bit better than we realized they were. Turns out Penn State much better than we realized they were at the time. Still, would have been nice to get one rebound with three guys there. My bracket name, by the way, in our contest, three guys, no rebound. Yeah. Still thinking about it. Sounds a little dirty. Yeah, and it does sound a little bit like two girls, one cup. That was kind of what I was going for there. That was what I was working on. Um, It's what it is. It's We have to be realistic about this. This was not a team that was supposed to do anything. They've overachieved just to be there. And I get it. This isn't... You know, Rita asked me this yesterday on the show. She's like, are you saying that just making it is good enough? I'm like, for now. For now it is. Because I'm reasonable. Because I'm the pragmatist. For this year, just making it is good enough. Now, three years from now, if we're talking about the NCAA tournament in 2026 and Maryland's still been no better than like a seven seed and... They don't have anything to show for it, any NCAA tournament wins, then we're going to have the same conversations we had about Mark Turgeon. And I was talking about this with our buddy Josh Charles over the weekend. One of the disappointing things about how these last four games have gone is, and even actually go to the Northwestern game, it's just that it worked out for them, that they kind of started settling again. They've just, it's not extraordinary. It's not like they're taking vastly more threes than they were taking earlier in the season, but a few more. You know, the math bears out. It's a couple more threes per game that they've been taking, and they've been deeper in shot clocks with nothing to show for it, with settling for putting up a shot at some point. And the the tough part about that is it reminds you that under the previous coach, Maryland was never playing better basketball in March than they were playing at any other point in the season. And that was one of the fair criticisms that we had for Mark Turgeon, which was, yeah, they won some games. They won a lot of games. But this is a sport in which you're measured by what you do in March. You need to be ascending to be the sharpest when you get to March. And so, you know, you could say, hey, the last two weeks maybe kind of remind you of the last guy, and you don't like that. But it's year one. It's year one, mostly without his guys, and he's made the most that you could possibly expect him to. They lose to West Virginia on Thursday. All's good, man. All's good. Be fun to win. They're going to play the game anyway. Might as well go go ahead and try to win it. Might as well try to win it all. They can get some. They can Win the get, whole effing thing. If they get to the Sweet Sixteen, somehow beat Alabama. Just, they we, can we, avenge. They can avenge uh, Towson and beat Charleston. Right, okay, thank you. Sure, that's that's very I high. Mean, on that'll, be nice, that'll be nice. That'll be nice of them. Um, 
you know, they, they, they might as well go try to win the games, but I'm just, I'm trying to be as practical as I can about this. Th- this, the measurement's not going to be what Maryland did in the NCAA tournament. The measurement's going to be that Maryland accomplished more than we could have possibly expected them to accomplish, and they made the NCAA tournament in a year where we didn't think they would, and that is going to be, no matter what, a hell of a foundation for this dude to build off of. Now, he's going to have to prove it. Again, that's the thing. If they lose to West Virginia on Thursday, I'm still going to say all the same things. But we're going to measure in the coming years, too. It's not going to be like that buys you five years of goodwill. Hey, remember that one time that they were a little bit better than we thought they were going to be and they got in the NCAA tournament despite the fact that we didn't think they could? It doesn't buy you five years of that. It means that our belief is that that's the starting point and that next year it's a little bit better than that. And then maybe the year after that is even better than that. And you continue to tap into this recruiting base and you continue to succeed and have solid recruiting classes and those players pan out and you use that to ascend within the Big Ten and nationally. Yeah, I mean, he's already done essentially all you can ask for in the, in the first year, which yes. is reinvigorate the entire fan Reasonably. Base. All you could reasonably right. ask yeah. for. Because um, it, it is important to point that out, right? Like, it, mm-hmm. it, we can't say that this is... This is not a new standard. We're not suggesting that the standard for Maryland basketball is get an eight seed in the NCAA tournament, win a couple of more games than you lost in Big Ten play, and that's all we're looking for. No, we're not recalibrating the standards. We're being honest about where the program was, what could be expected, and that this is a good thing. And then... Where does it go from there? And we reserve the right to change our opinion. If in three years, it's this is still the standard, that's going to be a problem. And we're going to have to deal with that then. But if in three years, this was the foundation, this was the floor, and they elevate from there, then we're going to feel pretty good about that. So we'll see. I'm, it's a long way of me saying like, Nothing, basically, that this is kind of irrelevant, but they're going to play it anyway. We'll go have fun with it. We'll fill out some brackets this week. We'll root like hell for Oral Roberts anyway. We'll still enjoy Duke losing, despite the fact that Mike Krzyzewski. It's not the same, but it's still fun. I still, like, I didn't watch any of the ACC tournament, but I was still bothered by them winning it. Like, what the hell? No. I thought this was the ACC. I thought there were good teams in this league. Apparently, not really. There's just... Not a very good year. Um, you know, we'll go through all that. We'll have all those feelings throughout the course of the NCAA. It's the NCAA tournament. We'll enjoy it and get your money in. That's all I care about. Get your money in. There's my take on the. I don't have a strong take about the brackets. I I, pu- I posted publicly that I'm I'm picking Kansas to repeat, but I I don't have any idea. I have no clue. I don't. Nobody cares about your brackets. It's like talking about your fantasy football team. I like Howard to to. to if there's if there's a 16 seed, it'll be Howard. It's not going to be a 16 seed. So it's not going to happen. Give it, give it's it not, that one. It's not. It's not going to occur. That's not going to be a thing. Not a lot of local connections. Obviously, a bummer. I mean, the big bummer was the Towson women. Ugh. Oh man, God, that was wretched. They were just never in it. <sighs> it was awful. Um, you know, the Maryland women, of course, are in, and they'll be at home this weekend, and so that's cool. Uh, we dig that. I, I don't know. I'm. 
it, there are not a ton of local connections to the NCAA tournament. Of course, uh, VCU won the A10. A Baldwin is there and is you know one of their you know top players. So that's a cool thing. Ryan Odom back in the NCAA tournament now with Utah State, uh, who made it all the way to the championship game of the Mountain West tournament. So some good stuff, some connections, but not a, not a ton, not a lot going on there on the local front as uh, everybody fell just a bit short in their conference tournaments. Today's show is also brought to you by, ooh, this one's brought to you by the Baltimore County Police Department. They are hiring. If you have a passion for service and you want a career for life, there are so many opportunities available for you in the Baltimore County Police Department. Cadet salary started over $32,000 a year. Entry-level officers over $60,000 a year. Lateral officers, $64,000 a year. Find out right now anything you need to know about the agility test, about what else it is that you need to do to start the process, or if you just want to get some more questions answered, call 410-887-5542 or go to joinbaltimorecountypd.com in order to find out more as well. Of course, today is also the day that the tampering period begins in NFL free agency. What does that matter for the Ravens? I'm not really sure, to be totally honest with you, because obviously they've got bigger fish to fry. Joining us right now, he covers the Ravens for the Baltimore Banner. He is our friend Jonas Schaefer, and he's back with us on GCR. Jonas, good morning, man. How are you? Glenn, how's it going, man? Thanks for having me on. Everything is good, dude. Everything is good. So you, of course, have Maryland not only beating West Virginia, but shocking Alabama too, correct? You you think I'm going to have Alabama in the second round? Yeah, right. Oh, oh, wow! You are bold. Look at look at you. No, no, no. Look at you. Uh, it's, it really is the most noxious matchup possible, isn't it? No, oh, you know, there's it's it's that thing where you're like, well, this was this has been fun. It's been it's been a nice, pleasant little season, but this is going to be the final week. I'm I'm not honest to God, I'm not even certain that they're gonna win on Thursday. In fact, if I had to bet, I would bet the other way. That's just sort of the way that it goes. They they have a good record historically in the first round, but they just that they really struggle to beat they've really struggled to beat power five schools ever yep. since Basically since the title, and uh, Willow needs to change that, right? Yes, that, that is one thing, the, the, the fair measurements. One of the fair criticisms we had from Mark Turgeon was that they just didn't beat anybody that mattered in the NCAA tournament. So even beating a nine-seed West Virginia would feel like so. He won one game, UConn, ever against a team that was real in the NCAA tournament. So, yes, to your and point. And that was in a COVID tournament, wasn't it? Yes, it was. It was in a COVID tournament in front of, like, half of an arena. And I wonder if they, did they play that one at Purdue? I don't remember. Why are we doing this? Let's talk about the Ravens. <laughs> um, Jonas, again, and I know you wrote about it today for the banner. It, it is, it's just such a weird vibe, right? And I think you and I have talked about it already. It was weird for me when we were talking about offensive coordinator. Like, Cool, they hired an offensive coordinator. Now, who's going to be the quarterback? Like, it's just weird talking about anything that isn't Lamar Jackson because it revolves around it. And that's the more fascinating thing for me about all of this, which is, like, you can say, hey, we've got a plan because we're, we're booking on this amount of money for Lamar Jackson, and here's what we can do still, and they still have to do a couple things to get under the cap. But, like, if you're a free agent of, of any value – Aren't you concerned about who the quarterback is going to be before you consider coming to Baltimore? Yeah, and I think that's probably the fairest decision from all this. I mean, I would imagine that the pitch that the Ravens made to Todd Munkin to come to Baltimore and leave a cushy job at Georgia and 
you know, the, the assembly line of blue star five chip pros, you know, a blue, blue chip five star prospects that he has come there would be awful similar to the one that Eric DaCosta and Ravens officials would be making to, you know, whoever they in the wide receiver world that they would be interested in bringing here. And it worked on Todd Munkin. Um, I don't know if it would be any more or less effective of a pitch with the, you know, free agents who are looking for probably a short-term deal because they, they can't command a, you know, three-year, $50 million deal right. elsewhere. Uh, so, you know, it, it would take a leap of faith, but there are a lot of teams out there that don't have great quarterback situations themselves or that are in the market for a rookie QB uh, and not maybe not a great offensive line or, you know, not a great coaching staff uh, just to, to start with. So, you know, I think the, the level of wide receivers that they would be looking after, you know, which to me means someone like a Darius Slayton suggests that those wide receivers couldn't necessarily have total command of, you know, their market because they just might not be uh, all that coveted. But we, we just don't know because we don't know, you know, what the Ravens plans are. We don't know how much money they're going to have. We don't, we don't know how much money they're going to have to set aside for all these future expenses. So, uh, you know, Eric Scott has said they're going to have to be targeted. They're going to have to be selective. And I, I think aside from all this Lamar Jackson whispering and yelling and whatever your, whatever word you want to use, right. it probably will be a pretty quiet free agency. I'm a hand-wringing guy myself. That's my go-to <laughs> in that situation. Joni Schaefer with us here on GCR. And, Jonas, I'm sure somebody's rolling their eyes when they read you say that about Darius Slayton this morning, like, oh, that's what the Ravens are going to do. But, like, you know, let's be fair. Given how little they have, Darius Slayton would be a significant upgrade for this wide receiving core. Yeah. I mean, I there's some analysts that I really enjoy. I talked them up in the, on New York last year when that Giants offense was kind of unbelievably really doing a great job with Daniel Jones, the quarterback, and not really a functional offensive line and not really a, you know, NFL-level wide receiver group. And and he was the best part of it. You know, he was, in terms of yards per route run, which I think is a pretty effective metric for just measuring the uh, productiveness, the productivity of wide receivers, he was number 30 in the NFL in yards per route run, which was one spot behind D.K. Metcalf and one spot ahead of Mike Evans. So, hmm. you know, he only ended up ended up with, you know, 46 catches, I think, for about 700 yards, which was, you know, more often than not about what his threshold for production was in New York. But still, you know, that would have hit all the Ravens wide receivers in yardage last year. And, you know, uh, the Ravens currently don't have the budget to, to go out and probably get a, uh, you know, a, a Jacoby Myers, probably not a Juju Smith-Schuster, might not even have the money to go and pay, you know, three years, $30 million to Alan Lazard, who, uh, you know, with his blocking skill, I think would kind of make sense in Baltimore. So if you're paying four or five, $6 million a year for Darius Slate, and I think you could do a lot worse. I, I, I think they've done a lot worse <laughs> would be the way that I yeah. would describe it. I think it would be notable if they could even pull out a Darius Slayton from this group. Jonas, you know, in talking about Marcus Peters' situation, it, it's fascinating the way that you presented it today because I, I do think it's a little bit of both. I think if I'm Marcus Peters, like even though I'm not playing on the offensive side of the ball, given where I am in my career, in making a decision, I would like to know more about who the quarterback is going to be. But on the flip side, I think if you're the Ravens, as much as we can always say, hey, you, you can't afford to lose a corner, making an investment on someone who – I think if we can be as frank as possible, 
did not play that well last season, but yet is still better than a lot of the alternatives that you could put out there on the field. It's a tricky spot for them to be in and how they go about making this decision about where they are with Marcus Peters, particularly given the limited resources, you know, short of them restructuring everyone or giving everyone an extension over the course of the next two days. Given their limited resources, I don't know what the correct answer is when it comes to Marcus Peters. Yeah, I think it's the same kind of paradigm on the wide receiver side with Devin Duvernay. Like, they could cut him for $4 million and free that up and give themselves a little bit more capital to go get a wide receiver two, wide receiver three, wide receiver four, whatever you think Devin Duvernay is out there on the NFL market. But are you really going to get someone who would be a better use of $4 million at that cost? You know what I mean? I, I think Devin Duvernay at $4 million makes a, a lot of sense. And, you know, I think Marcus Peters at eight, nine, ten, $11 million makes a lot of sense. If you can make that math work. I mean, it, it won't be cheap to find a starting level cornerback uh, in the NFL on the market. The Ravens could certainly try to get one in the draft, but again, they are, we have five draft picks, and if they trade down out of that first-round spot, then mm-hmm. uh, the, the, the number of options they have, uh, you know, dwindles considerably because you know maybe Deontay Banks isn't on the board there. Maybe someone like Gonzalez, if he falls, isn't on the board there. You know, Brian Branch, if you're looking for a, a slot guy, uh, probably won't be available uh, in the second round. So, uh, you know, I keep going back to I think this is Rodney Harrison when I was still. Working at the Sun, um, you know, my colleague Charles Walker did a story on, on Marcus Peters and just his fit long term in Baltimore. And you know, under Wink Martindale, Marcus Peters loved to play man coverage. You know, he, he loved to get up in guys' faces and and just be that physical press corner that I think Ravens fans expect from their cornerbacks from this franchise. But sure. you know, Mike McDonald plays a little bit of a different system. Um, that there are still some man principles and some of the match man zone, you know, uh, coverages that they run. But for the most part, they are pretty middle of the pack in terms of, you know, the amount of cover two, cover three, cover four you're going to see. And Marcus Peters is a very, very smart football player. And even if he wasn't all day, all the way there physically last year, I think you can still count on him to, to be among the most studied Ravens in any game week. And, and I think that level of football IQ carries over wherever you play. I mean, we see, Patrick Peterson in Minnesota having a great year in what, like his age, right. you know, his season, age 32, age 33 season. Um, you know, I don't know where he is physically compared to someone like Marcus Peters, but I think it's safe to say that Marcus Peters two years removed from an ACL surgery will be a lot year will be a lot better than Marcus Peters one year removed from ACL yeah. surgery. So I just think that, you know, with, with what he means as a leader, as a locker room guy, as a football technician, um, you know, maybe the Ravens have, you know, their hooks in on guys would be more cost-effective options. But I just think that if you could lock him in for a couple of years and have the, uh, a team-friendly deal, um, you could really, really look back and say that was a great piece of business. But does he want to do a team-friendly deal if he doesn't know about his chances of winning a Super? I mean, that is, again, it all comes back to one central thing, man. Like, every ounce of this conversation keeps coming back to the same thing. Let, let me go to the other quarterback, because you brought it up, and I've been actually you know, completely intrigued by this. That is there a world in which Tyler Huntley is the quarterback that receives some interest on the market, right? Like, is there a world in which somebody else looks at Tyler Huntley and says, well, hey, at a reasonable price, that's 
we don't like our quarterback situation to begin with, and for whatever reason we've decided we don't want to go get a good one, so let's instead go quantity over quality and let's bring Tyler Huntley in um, to work with whoever our quarterback is going to end up being. Do you get the sense there's going to be some interest even as a restricted free agent? It's tough to tell. Um, It is a little surprising, and I don't know if it reflects Poorly, I guess it probably reflects well on what the reserve backup QB market could be if someone like Baker Mayfield is again being talked about as a potential starter in, in Tampa Bay. Um, you know, he had the regular season toward the end that, that Tyler Huntley did not. But Tyler Huntley had a, you know, if we, if we yeah, limited one play, forget yes. about one little play at yes. the end of the, that loss to Cincinnati, had a pretty good playoff game. Um, I, I do think, I don't know how much of a red flag, but I do wonder not only for the rest of the NFL, but for Baltimore as well, just if, if there is any concern long-term with that 10 to 9 uh, that, that Tyler Huntley dealt with, because that was not just an in-season thing. Glenn, if you remember, that was something he was dealing with in training camp. I, I don't know if that would be uh, considered a degenerative issue. That That is just something he was gonna have, that he's going to have to manage for the rest of his career, because if it is, and you're talking about wear and tear on a guy's shoulder, then uh, you know, maybe it would be in the team's best interest to find a guy with a with a liver arm, so to speak. And mm-hmm. you know, maybe that's that's in Bennett. But uh, I just think you know, maybe someone like Marcus Mariota makes sense at four million dollars, five million dollars as as a backup quarterback. But again, we are talking about a team that's working on the margins on the salary cap, and that's probably two and a half million dollars more than what uh, what Tyler Huntley would cost if they bring him back on the low tender. So it, it really just depends on you know, what kind of appetite there is for, for Tyler Huntley and his dual threat ability and what kind of quarterback Todd Munkin wants for, for this offense, to be honest. We, we don't know how option-heavy it's going to be. We don't know how much under-center stuff there's going to be. Right. So there's just a lot of opaqueness, a lot of variables that can go into that decision-making process. And then, it all, of course, as we keep saying, it all ties back to one thing, which is, you know, who is your actual quarterback going to be? Um what do you think the time frame is at this point? Because I, I'll tell you, Jonas, every time, you know, I, I probably did, and I'm sure you did 100, I probably did 10 radio hits around the country last week. And I had a couple guys who were like, well, it's got to feel good that you're a little bit closer to an answer. And I'm like, are we? Like, are we? I am not sure that that's the case. I, I think this thing, this could be a long haul situation. This could be the thing where Lamar Jackson says, I'm going to wait this out until at least past the draft, let me see which teams don't get quarterbacks in the draft and suddenly maybe are feeling a little bit desperate because of it, um, a la what played out a year ago and why there was a quarterback that was able to get uh, you know, a fully guaranteed contract. What do you think the timeline looks like for when we might get anything that resembles a next step in this process? Yeah, I think it's going to happen quickly or increasingly unlikely that it happens at all. You know, I was talking to Joe Banner, who now works for the 33rd team, former, yeah. former NFL executive who you know, uh, is, is kind of, I guess, an advisor at this point for, for a lot of teams um, for, for the story on Lamar and what these negotiations could look like. And just looking at the quotes right now, he said, yeah, I think it's likely to happen quickly or it becomes more and more difficult to see it actually happening as time goes on. And that's because of just the logistical nightmare of, of what it would take for a deal to get done. You know, it's going to take a GM and probably owner, you know, 
however long it takes to reach out to Lamar and give him the offer sheet that he wants, an offer sheet that he will sign. And then they have to be sure that it's a winner uh, because if it takes the Ravens five days to respond and if the Ravens do respond by matching it, then you have basically sat out that first wave of free agency. And by the way, you know, that tampering period starts in a couple hours and Lamar won't be part of that. So you're even more handcuffed, you know, handcuffed, not knowing what exactly is going to be going on there. Um, So if you make an offer that the Ravens, uh, you know, are able to match, then you've basically forfeited this free agency. And, you know, maybe there's still some guys that that you want there. But if you have a young quarterback who you don't totally believe in uh, but still want to keep around, well, you've just laid it out there, laid it all out there in public that, you think so right. little of him that right. you've offered this huge money deal to Lamar Jackson. So um, you are possibly, you know, risking through, you're probably possibly risking screwing things up with your fans, with your quarterback, with your free agency, um, with, you know, your coaches. It really just would take a hugely concentrated, uh, you know, totally foolproof, effort to get Lamar. And even then, you know, we know he's a guy who, you know, doesn't always pick up the phone sometimes. So it, it's just a, like I said, it's it's going to be a very, very interesting to see what teams do, how, how much they bend over backwards to try to accommodate what he wants. Because if they see his demands as being unreasonable, uh, if the owners see his demands as being unreasonable, then you're not even going to have a starting point to go off with. I agree. I, I just, I guess what I would say is I still don't know that that means that he's going to bend, right? Like, I, I, I am, there's a weird level to this, Jonas, that I, I wonder if even if the market's not there for him, he's at a point where he's dug his, he and his family, they've dug his heels in enough that they say, we still don't care. We're not playing for 32 million this year. Like, you, you want us to play, you got to pay at least the 45 million, allow us to get back to the market next year. Like, I, there is something weird about the f- the feeling that I have about this right now that I just don't know that even even if the Ravens are playing the right notes at the moment and they are playing their hand well that this is still just going to work out in their fa- their favor and that it's not going to come back to we don't care if it's unreasonable we don't care what the market says why look at every decision we've made so far why do you think we're suddenly going to turn around and make a different decision at this point or the one that you think is the smart one to make yeah, uh, I guess the only reasonable thing that, that the Ravens could do is, you know, if, if they give him this pre-draft window uh, of, of every team that has two draft picks who would be in the mix right. and they all pass on him. And then if you wait until after the draft and you go through all the teams, like potentially the 49ers who would have two draft picks for the 2024, 2025 draft and they pass on him, I don't know what Lamar's options are short of going to the Canadian Football League and seeing what well, kind I mean, of money they have. We're, we're saying I'm just going to sit. I'm sit, I'm going to sit out for the year. Like this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. I'm 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 not I mean, it, I'm it, not going to pay. Possible, it. but you're talking about forfeiting more money and, than you've earned and, over your And that seems career. and that seems crazy, right? But like, let's be honest. By not demanding a trade a year ago or getting this done, he was playing for about twenty million dollars less than what his market value was. Yeah, and and he's had the option. Uh, from what we can tell, from what's been reported, to 
be a very highly paid man, uh, you know, among the highest paid in the NFL, yeah. certainly the, the, the richest man in, in Ravens history. And if his, if his bone of contention is guaranteed money, uh, you know, we don't know to what extent it actually is. Um, you know, if, 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 his, if his whole goal has been to put himself out there in free agency, uh, in total unrestricted free agency, you know, you know, in a couple of years time by going tag tag. And then, you know, the Ravens being unable to pay that what 180% uh, raise in, in a couple of years time. Well, you know, that was always the risk that, that he, that he, that he right. took on by not considering whether the Ravens might actually go with the non-exclusive and kind of lock him into a potentially cheaper price next year. So, um, you know, we, we don't know how stubborn he could be. You know, the, the, the line that I keep going back to Glenn is, there have been things. There were things last year that we expected Lamar to show up to, and he did not. And That's there true. were things that we expected Lamar to not show up to last year, and he did. So far, be it for me to try to look into this, That's fair. Uh, this uh, portion ball and try to figure out what exactly he's thinking. And, and, and to be clear, I'm not predicting that he's. I'm just. I think anything is on the table because of exactly what you just said, Jonas. Like it, it is so difficult to predict where this is going to go next. That I. Anything to me is on the table. At Jonas underscore Schaefer, of course, is how you follow him on Twitter. Baltimore Banner is the place. Uh, by the way, you need to. Uh, there's a link in your bio that you still have to update, my friend. I don't know if you know that. Uh, oh shoot! <laughs> yeah, I just I just literally noticed that right now as I was looking at your Twitter account. Good luck, man. I don't uh, check my Twitter that often. <laughs> always appreciate you, my friend. Thanks for hopping on. We'll talk again soon. All right. Thanks, bud. Be good, Jonas Schaefer, with us here on GCR. Um, look, man, trust me, I'm not suggesting that I know anything or that any of it even makes sense. But in the same way that last week, what I brought up to you was the scenario where, you know, what if, for whatever reason, he's just offended. I I made the comparison to a relationship. I talked about it on the radio yesterday where, you know, you think that what you said was, I just, I don't want to go to the Olive Garden tonight. And all of a sudden you're being told you don't respect someone and you don't appreciate them enough. And you're like, what? I just said I didn't want to go to the Olive Garden. Like, what the hell just happened? The Ravens can feel like they're doing everything right. But that doesn't mean they're going to end up getting the result because I just don't know what the end game is for Lamar. Is the end game that he's humbled by this process and he comes crawling back? Or is the end game that he's so pissed off feeling like he's been colluded against that he digs his heels in and says, I don't think you get it. I'm not playing for anyone unless I get this. And to say, well, yeah, but he'd be leaving that much money on the table. That seems impossible. I hear you. But how much money has he left on the table the last two years? If he two years ago had been able to do like a Josh Allen deal, he would have made, we had a caller who brought this up yesterday on the radio show, something like 70 to $80 million over the last two seasons. Instead, he made less than 30 Now, he still made $20-plus million last year. That's $20-plus million more than zero. But for me to say that there's no scenario, I don't know. It's unpredictable. I have not been able to figure out exactly where this goes. So it's to me, it's absolutely possible that the Ravens could think like they won. You get through the draft, you get through that post-draft period. That, that to me, is still a wild card in all of this. Like, to me, if I'm Lamar and I don't like what the market says, I'm waiting at least that long. Let me get past the draft, 
Let me figure out which teams immediately. We didn't even get to talk about the Panthers thing last week because it happened on Friday. Yeah. The the Panthers, by the way, it'd be nice to have DJ Moore in Baltimore. Um, I you know you're the Bears. You got to feel pretty good yeah. about where you are. Like I think he did damn well. He's you've got your quarterback, and you've got now capital for this year and next year and you get yeah. two pretty good wide receivers to start with like i'm not trying to suggest that dj moore and chase claypool are you know tyreek hill and jalen waddle but as far as duos are concerned you gotta cover them it, it might be top 10 in the nfl and you still have capital to work with and you're still not really paying your quarterback i mean i you don't have a, it'd be nice to have roquan smith but i mean like there's a lot to like about what the bears are doing i'm not suggesting that they're ready they, do they have three second round picks this year now? Uh, I believe that's true. Wow. Yes, I believe they because they of course have the Ravens, they have their own, and now they have the the Panthers as well. I mean, they, unless there's something we're forgetting yeah. about, was there another trade last year? They have four. Um, you know, there's a lot to like about what the Bears are doing. Doesn't guarantee anything, but in the NFC where things are open, they might be putting something together. Especially if Aaron Rodgers gets out of the division. They might feel very good about where they are here in the next year or two. Um, but now with the Panthers, the Panthers are immediately taking one off the table. So now all of these other teams are jockeying for whatever three quarterbacks are left. We don't know who the Panthers are taking. Unlike some years where a team trades up to number one and you know exactly who it's for, we don't know which one of the quarterbacks the Panthers are in love with. We don't know if it's Stroud or if it's Young. Or maybe they're the team that just happens to be in love with Will Levis, right? Like, we don't know. There have definitely been people that have suggested that they would take Will Levis number one. Hell, there have been a couple people that have suggested they would take Anthony Richardson among this group. But one of them is going to be off. That means three other teams now, besides the Panthers, can address quarterback in the first round of the NFL draft. But not everybody. Somebody's coming out of this without a quarterback. Multiple teams are coming out of this without a quarterback, without a real quarterback. The Buccaneers can say Baker Mayfield's the answer all they want. Baker Mayfield, sure as F, ain't the answer. Now, if you were hoping that Baker Mayfield could be a cheap option for the Ravens to replace Tyler Huntley as backup quarterback and also be an emergency plan should Lamar Jackson not be here, then, you know, that would be bad news. There's a team that views him a little bit more significantly maybe than the Ravens would. And I think that that was a reasonable hope for a lot of people given Todd Munkin's history with him. But multiple teams are not going to come away with quarterbacks. All of these teams, the Raiders, the Falcons, the Colts, the Texans, there's four right there. And we only know th- there's only three more quarterbacks. So right there, I've already done the math. There's going to be a, at least one team that should want Lamar Jackson. Uh, perhaps, let's say Aaron Rodgers decides to retire, right? Yeah. Now, you know, scratch it, put the Jets on the list, right? And I'm, I, am I blanking on somebody at the same time? I mean, the, I mean, the Titans, I guess, can just stick it out with Tannehill, but that would be insane. I mean, like, it's just insane that you've got, you've done everything you've done to give yourself no chance because you're, you've been, I mean, the, the commanders, of course, are definitely on that list. They could just decide in the end, well, the hell we tried. We said it was going to be Sam Howell. Like, there's a scenario where there's not more, but I've. Titans? Like, no, I just said that. Oh, I said, you did? Okay. Remember that we did the whole Tannehill thing. Yeah. I don't know why. Just said that. And we don't know where the 49ers are either, right? And all of this. Um, but either way, I've done the math, and I've pointed out that at least one team is not going to be able to address quarterback in the NFL draft, not with the first-round pick. Like Maybe that's the team that takes Hendon Hooker and says, well, we took Hooker. I, it, that's a stretch. 
like some combination of Hooker and Garoppolo, and they feel like they've done they've addressed quarterback. I don't know. At least one team. So if I'm Lamar Jackson, I'm waiting to figure out who that team is once I get past the draft. Who's that team? And let me see how much they're actually out at that point. Let me see if that team that wanted the cap space because they wanted to do things in free agency struck out in their attempts to do things in free agency. That's the other thing to keep in mind. We're all talking about all this money in free agency. There's The, the top three receivers in free agency are Alan Lazard, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Jacoby Myers in some combination. So let's let's just and by the way, those receivers might say, you don't have a quarterback, I don't want to sign there. So your cap space that you thought you were going to be spending in free agency now doesn't look so good. You didn't get a quarterback in the draft, and all of a sudden the team that wasn't going to be desperate, wasn't going to go all in, has a little bit more cap space than they expected to have, and doesn't have a quarterback, and you get past the draft and you say to yourself, mm, you know that Jackson fella's still out there. We could be irrelevant next year. Or maybe we go after him. So if I'm Lamar Jackson, I'm waiting at least until post the draft in order to let me, if I don't see something that I like now, I'm not coming back to the Ravens before the draft. I'm going to let the draft play out, and I'm going to see who's desperate once the draft is over and have those conversations again. And then at that point, maybe I reconsider where I am in this market. But I think it's all on the table, man. I don't think there's any obvious answer. And I think anybody who's suggesting there's an obvious answer is incorrect. Quickly, today's show. Uh, the, the Bears traded their second-round pick for Claypool. So they only oh, right. They, they traded their own for the second-round pick. That's right. That's right. I forgot that was the deal. But I still like that deal. I still thought that was a good – I mean, it's a move I would have made. Today's show also brought to you by the print issue of Pressbox. Gunnar Henderson's on the cover. Great story from Luke Jackson. Go get it for free right now at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find PressBox, or read it all at PressBoxOnline.com. Again, my point simply being, I think there's a significant unknown, and I think everything has to be considered at this point. I think the hope that some fans have, and probably the Ravens, is that Lamar's going to have to take his medicine and I just don't know that it yeah. I don't know that it works out that way. Like I, I think it's easy for us to say that. I, I don't I think that in some way Lamar's still gotta feel like he won. And that's kinda on the Ravens. How do the Ravens, if right, if the the market comes back to them, how do the Ravens try to make it so that Lamar can feel like he won? Because even to just say, well, he won't have another choice. No, he's got everybody's got choices. And you might think that they're crazy. But, you know, Deshaun Watson missed an entire year before he became available and he got a fully guaranteed. Deal. Even if that deal wasn't on the table, there were still major deals from other teams. The idea that if Lamar Jackson were to sit out this season, then suddenly he'd be completely uninterest un- unappealing. Nonsense. Dak Prescott got hurt, got hurt, and still got his money a year later. None of them have accomplished what Lamar Jackson has accomplished in his career. So I, I just say I think it's possible. I think it's possible that Lamar Jackson would say, unless I'm not just going to humble myself or I'm not just going to accept that this is the way that it worked out. He might. I don't know that. 
But to just assume it, to say he won't have a choice, he'll have no other option than to come back groveling to the Baltimore Ravens, that's not true either. And as I keep trying to tell you, he'll still have that leverage to hold over the Ravens, even if negotiations essentially get back to him and them. He'll still say, I'm not just going to play for whatever you want me to play for because it's terrible for you if I don't play this season. Why wouldn't he? Why wouldn't he use the leverage he has? And he might very well say to them, I'm not signing your offer sheet. You want me, you're going to have to give me a one-year deal worth 45, 45 whatever, the, whatever the number is. Like, if you thought there was a world in which I could come back and just play on this non-exclusive franchise tag, you're wrong. I'm not doing that. That won't happen. So figure out whatever you got to figure out, but I'm not going to do that for you. I'm not helping you in this process. Now, you would hope that the Ravens already have a feel for that, that they've, in their conversations with Lamar Jackson, talked through all of the, hey, if this happens, what do we do? If this happens, what do you... You hope that's the case. But someone also can change their mind at any moment. Again, if Lamar Jackson is pissed off at what appears to be collusion, I I don't know that he's going to look at the Ravens and say, but you're the good guys here. As much as he's going to look at them and say, you're part of this. You're in on me getting screwed in this market. I'm not helping you. spitballing, again, not reporting, not suggesting I know, not any of those things. That's what makes it so difficult because no one knows Lamar Jackson. No one knows what he's like. And you can see see both scenarios. everything about the Ravens' reality. I tried to do this conversation with Jonas just about, because I I read his thing today at the Baltimore Banner, and I thought it was well-written. I thought it covered a lot of things. But everything keeps coming back to Lamar. If I'm Marcus Peters, I want to know about Lamar Jackson. Why am I coming back to Baltimore at this point in my career? If I've got suitors, and even as poorly as Marcus Peters played, he is a veteran cornerback that is a better option than what a lot of teams are going to put out on the field, including some of the guys that had to play for the Ravens. And I think Jonas's point is well taken, that you can say, hey, a lot of what happened last year probably related to him coming off the injury, and you know, if he's healthy all this offseason, there's reason to think that he can be better physically, and that will make him better on the field than he was a year ago. All very reasonable. And I'm not telling you I don't think the Ravens should bring back Marcus Peters. I I think he's still probably more... If I, if I did the solution versus problem thing, he's probably at least to me 55 solution, 45 problem, right? Like, it's better than 50-50 to me that he's a solution than he is a problem. Which doesn't mean that he wasn't a problem. He was a problem a lot of times last year. Um... But if I'm Marcus Peters and I'm going to have options... You're not taking a discount for the team that you don't know how to have as a quarterback. I, yeah. I, am I going to... is Does playing here matter next season? Or do the games matter? It's easy to say, hey, money can fix that, but the Ravens can't be in the market where they're just giving stupid money away. They don't have the ability to do that. So if I'm Marcus Peters and i got to do something that's friendly for you guys and help for... I need that answer. Are my games going to matter... Are, are we going to be in it? Are we going to have a chance? Nobody can guarantee that you're going to win a Super Bowl anywhere. But, like, am I going to have a chance? Or are we going to go through the motions next year? And that's tough, right? Because the Ravens, obviously, today can't 
they can present, well, we're pretty sure. We feel pretty good. Look at you know how the market's unfolded. We think Lamar is going to be back here next year. But if Marcus Peters calls Lamar Jackson and says, dude, you're going to be a Raven next year, Lamar Jackson is going to say, we'll see. I mean, what else is he going to – he's going to take – yeah, dude, I'm just messing with them. I'm going to come right back. It's the reality of where we are. It's very, very frustrating. If we say that, he'll probably go sign with Arizona or something. Right. Well, I mean, <laughs> at the moment, their quarterback position is still better than the one in Baltimore if if we don't know, you know? Like, we can laugh yeah. about it, but it would still be – it would still be better. I don't. It's a weird spot. Also, a reminder that an agent will just try to go get you whatever the best deal is at that point. Hey, today's show is also brought to you by PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. Baseball betting is here. Get up to five second-chance bets up to $50 each from PointBet, along with other great incentives and promos when you sign up at PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. Baseball futures bets, season specials, and player award bets are already live in Maryland. Go to PressBoxOnline.com slash offers right now for your shot at winning big. When we come back in, uh, we'll talk some NFL draft. Jalen Duncan, former Terp, St. Francis Panther as well. He's going to join us. Maybe, you know, you always use some offensive line depth in Baltimore. We'll talk to him next. Glenn Clark Radio. The Baltimore County Police Department is hiring. Entry-level officers started over $60,000 and over $64,000 for lateral officers with $10,000 signing bonuses available. Plus, cadets started over $32,000. Great benefits are available like medical, dental, and vision insurance, tuition reimbursement, 15 sick days per calendar year with no limit, career advancement to more than 20 specialized units, and more with further incentives for military service members and veterans. A passion for service, a career for life, with the Baltimore County Police Department. Find out more at joinbaltimorecountypd.com or call 410-887-5542. Must be a United States citizen, have a valid driver's license, and a high school diploma or GED equivalent. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Luke Jackson profiles Orioles phenom Gunnar Henderson, breaking down how he was able to become the top prospect in baseball at such a young age and what could be next in his first full MLB season. Also inside, we meet lacrosse players from the men's and women's college programs across the state, and Bo Smoka breaks down another year wide receiver issues for the Ravens. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. Have you experienced hardship due to COVID-19 and want to start a new career in healthcare? Look no further than CCBC. Starting in March, CCBC offers short-term career training programs in medical front office, pharmacy technician, and certified nursing assistant. And the best part? Funding is available to those who qualify. Healthcare is a rewarding field that can offer job security and fulfillment. With CCBC's healthcare programs, you'll learn everything you need to know to get started in these in-demand careers. Call us at 443-840-2222 or ccbcmd.edu to learn more. CCBC Healthcare Programs. Your new career starts now with funding available. 443-840-2222 or ccbcmd.edu. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms.
Stan the Fan here, welcoming back one of my favorite sponsors, the Costas Inn. And everybody around Baltimore knows the Costas Inn is a great place to go and grab crabs, steaks, salads, soups, whatever's on your mind to eat in person. But did you know that the Costas Inn has upped their game? They are now one of the premier takeout places in Baltimore. Give them a call now to order your food, 410-477-1975. That's the Costas Inn, over 4100 North Point. Boulevard. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. Check out PressBoxOnline.com every day to find daily winners and betting advice from Jeremy Kahn. And if you want some advice about life decisions that you probably shouldn't make, here's Glenn Clark. All right, back in here on GCR as we move into hour number two of the program. Uh, later on today, uh, the host of the Stan the Fan Variety Hour is going to be me with special guest Stan the Fan uh, from uh, down Sarasota. 4.15 today. We're gonna so you're on. Stan the Fan? Yes, I'm playing the role of Stan. He's playing the role of my special guest. Okay. So oh. we'll see how that goes. Don't know. A little bit of role playing. I know everybody enjoys that. Uh, that'll be about 4.15 this afternoon. We'll be over on uh, Facebook Live, facebook.com slash Sports. Stands down at spring training in Sarasota. We will catch up with him, get his thoughts on everything that he has seen so far from the Baltimore Orioles over the course of the last week. Again, that's coming up a little bit later on this afternoon. And if you miss it live, you'll be able to check it out, pressboxonline.com slash video or youtube.com slash pressboxonline. All right, now joining us, we uh, let's talk a little NFL draft this morning. This man had a heck of a career at the University of Maryland after he had prepped at St. Francis here locally. Now he's getting ready to hear his name called in the NFL draft. Had a great week down at the Senior Bowl. He is former Terp Jalen Duncan, and he's with us right here on GCR. Jalen, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's great to catch up with you, man. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Uh, no, sir. How you doing? Everything is good, man. How about you? How's the? How is this pro? Like, whatever you imagine this process being, what has it been actually like? Like meeting with all these teams, waking up in different cities, going through the grind over the course of the last few weeks. Um, you know the process is kind of gets. You know, it's a lot. You know, uh, you know these next couple months up until the draft. Uh, you know, you're very busy. So, I mean, you just got to prepare yourself mentally and understand what you're gonna have to go through. And what has to be done. Amen. And other than that, though, you gotta get the job done. Hey, right. And now, now you're setting yourself up. Have you have you had a moment yet? Like I don't know if maybe out at the combine or the Senior Bowl. Like have had you have you had a moment where you kind of pinch yourself? Like, dude, this is this is what I've been grinding for. Like I'm I'm there. Like I I know you still have to actually hear your name call, but that part is gonna happen. Have you had a moment where like it's it's hit you how real this is? Uh, I'll probably say uh, at the combine. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, just being there, uh, at least just making it there. You know, you uh, complete at least one step in the process. You know, so I don't know, just being there. I don't know, kind of woke me up for you know, like I'm really here. I just gotta push through for these next couple months, and uh, hopefully one day I can hear my name being called. All right, let, let's not just talk about you being at the combine. You were insane at the combine, bro. How does a man your size run 40 yards in 5.1 seconds? I don't know if I could do it in 15.1 seconds. How in the hell 
are you that fast at that size? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I guess I'm just blessed. <laughs> you know, just I'm just able to move well. You know, you just got to get out there. Uh, it's all about how you start. You know, you just got to finish. Hey, man, it worked out. Uh, I, 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 your vertical was insane. Like, did, were you con- as were you confident going into the combine in the work that you had done in knowing what you're capable of? You know, how good did you feel about that performance as obviously your grades were kind of through the roof coming out of Indianapolis? Um, if we're being honest, uh, you know, my grades were through the roof. Uh, me personally, I feel as though I could have did a little bit better. Really? You know, but, you know, it's okay, though. Um, I still had a good day, but uh, that's, what, that's what pro day is for. Yeah, you uh, had, get a second chance at it. You had a hell of a get day. Get to go back and do it again. You had a hell of a day, man. And I, if they can get better at the pro day, my God, um, it's going to be really good news for you and where you head to. Jalen Duncan, you know, I, I think about you and everything that you've been through since you arrived at Maryland back in 2018. Of course, you arrived in a time of tragedy and I think what would be fair to describe as a tumultuous point for the program. You had to go through a pandemic after that. Um, how did everything, the totality of it, and then obviously being a part of the team that kind of changed the culture of Maryland football these last couple of years and brought winning back and big bowl game victories, how, how much did all of that, the ups, the downs, help prepare you for this moment as you make your jump to your pro career? Um, you know, just uh, you know, when I first got there, like you said, it was it was rough. It was a lot going on. You know, uh, coaches changing. You know, staff, whole staff changing. So, uh, you know, it was a little rough at first. You know, got to get used to a new coaching staff. You know, you got to go back and build the relationships over and over again. And then uh, you start to build them for a little bit. Then the pandemic happens. So then everybody's away from each other for a couple months. But uh. You know, just being able to keep the, I guess you could say, the camaraderie of the team and the brotherhood going, uh, making sure everybody stays together really helped us get to where we're at right now. You know, just even when we're not on the field, everybody just being able to continue to build, continue to get to know each other. So at the end of the day, when we come, when we come back and it's time to work, yeah, you know, everybody knows each other and you know it's time to go. You you were a if I remember correctly you were a late arriver when it came to the the game of football as a whole right like you didn't start playing football till a little bit later than most guys do. Yes, I didn't start playing until I want to say uh, the summer before my freshman year of high school. So so how were you able to adapt so quickly? You know, like left tackle is a demanding position. Like it's arguably the second most pos- important position on the field. How were you able to adapt so quickly and play at such a high level, given the relative inexperience that you had at the sport? Um, I guess you could say just the hard work. Uh, I wasn't that good, you know, when I first started uh, my well, redshirt freshman year of college. I got, uh, you know, I was out there getting whooped a lot more, but you know, just continuous reps continuing to work, continuing to practice, you know, listen to what your coaches got to tell you, you know, just working at it. Um, eventually you'll improve. Uh, your game will pick up. Your knowledge for the game will get better. So and that's all I did. I just I just kept working, realized that I could be better than what was going on. So yeah. 
I just put the work in. Jalen was Jalen Duncan is with us here in GCR. Was there a moment for you where like you realized like, hey dude, um, not only can I do this, but I might be able to do this at like a really high level, maybe even like and make it a living for me moving forward. Was there a moment where it kind of clicked for you? Um, I'll probably say uh, the year after my racer, uh, freshman year, so my racer, sophomore, you know. I started ever since then. Um, and, you know, just you get, once you see yourself improving and uh, you can see it, when, once you see how good you really are, it really kind of all just snaps for you. You know, you you realize that like, you can do this for a long time. Really, like if you just keep on putting the work in and keep on doing what you got to do. You know, I'm very athletic. I move my feet well, and I know how to play the game. So if I just keep on doing what I'm supposed to do, uh, fine tuning my techniques, I'll be able to play this for a long time. Yeah, and it looks like that's going to end up being the case, man. Jalen Duncan, with us here on GCR. Um, Jalen, your experience at St. Francis, right? Like you're not, you weren't a kid who was from here. You, you came here to be a part of that. Um, can you take me through why you made that choice? And I, I think a lot of people are familiar with the scenario at St. Francis, right? It's a small school. Um, you guys, you know, the Biff is such an overwhelming personality. Um, and we, we can talk about him more in a second, but what was that experience like for you? And how did that help you along this path? Um, I was, I, you know, I made that decision, uh, you know, leading up into my, uh, my senior year of high school, uh, me and my family decided that I, I probably needed a little bit more competition before my freshman year of college, you know, so we started looking for uh, different private schools to go to, uh, you know, better competition. Um, I ended up at St. Francis, you know, I, um, I enjoyed it, you know, I co- uh, commuted every day, about 45 okay. minute drive every day okay. uh, to school. You know, um, but like I said, I enjoyed playing there. The competition was amazing. You know, you're playing different teams from all across the, uh, the state. So it was it was a beneficial thing for you. That tell me about Biff, right? As he makes this jump now to being a head coach collegiately, like, do you do you uh, you see him? You know, this is this a logical thing where guys are gonna want to go play for him in Charlotte? Oh uh, yeah, I think a lot of guys are gonna want to go play for him in Charlotte. Yeah, uh, you know, Biff. Biff is a great guy. You know, of course, he was at St. Francis with me. You know, he's a great head coach. He knows how to coach the team. He knows how to get us ready. He take care of his team, make sure his team got everything they need. I feel like he's just going to transfer that over to, the, you know, being a college head coach. I think his team's going to do pretty well. I'm actually a little bit worried about how how well he might recruit, man. I'm worried that there might be guys that that normally wouldn't consider a place like Charlotte, but just because of Biff and and what he does in recruiting, they might end up going there. Um, it, you're doing this at Maryland. What did it mean to you to change the culture? You know, the the, the place where you're from, hometown school to be part of the team that rewrote the culture of Maryland football these last couple of years and turn this thing around to move them on that trajectory, what does it mean to you to have been such an important part of that, Jalen? Uh, you know, uh, to me, you know, it means a lot. You know, I'm from, I'm from Maryland. My family's from Maryland. So just being able to stay there and play there for all five years, you know, help the program grow, uh, you know, change the culture around there. You know, I'm just – I'm glad I was able to do that. I don't regret, you know, going to Maryland. I'd do it again if I had to, so – Awesome. I'm just proud of what we accomplished. You know, they still got a lot of growing to do. 
tell me yeah. tell me about Coach Locks in that process as well, right? Like how important that connection was for you in your life, and why it is that so many guys find themselves saying, I, "I'm I'm buying what he's selling." Uh, you know, Locks is a you know a great guy, a straightforward guy. You know, he uh he tell gives it to you how it's supposed to be given to you. You know, he lets you know what you need to work on, what you need to improve on. That's exactly what he did with me. You know, he's one of those guys that helped me, uh, you know, open my eyes and uh, to realize that I could do this, you know, for a long time. You know, he helped me get there. I appreciate him for it, you know. So That's cool. That's cool, man. What is what is an NFL team getting when they call Jalen Duncan's name now? What is it that you're bringing to the table as a professional? Uh, you know, a hardworking guy, uh, somebody that respects the coaching, willing to be coached. Uh, you know, uh, respect the teammates, willing to build a relationship with everybody in the building, and uh, just there to do anything for the team. You know, I'm not rushing for a starting spot. If I earn one, I earn one. If I don't, we keep working for the team to help them get better. So, I mean, I, I like the sounds of that, dude. You know, could it be kind of cool if it ended up being like back here in Baltimore? Like, have you thought about that at all? Oh yeah, it'll be it'll be very cool to stay home again. Yeah, right. <laughs> I would have no would have no problem going to Baltimore. It'd be all right, man. That yeah. would that would be decent. Um, I I, I did want to clarify because I remember when you said you can still do more. Um, I know you, you hurt yourself right during the course of the combine, and and where are you at with all that getting ready for pro day? Uh, you know I'm doing better. You know, continuing um, you know, continuing to work. Uh, you know, we got a couple. We got like a week and a half or two. To go, so I'm just gonna keep on grinding uh, and uh, show out at pro day. All right, man. I like the sounds of that. Jalen Duncan, where can uh, people be giving you a follow? Twitter, Instagram, anywhere on social. Where can folks be giving you a follow as you continue through this process? Uh, Instagram or Twitter. Uh, you know, just type in my name, it pop up. I see on in- on Twitter for sure. It's King underscore J seventy. Right is uh, the correct account. Yes, Give him a follow yeah. on there. Uh, Jalen Duncan, man, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know how many people have told you this, but uh, offensive line at the University of Maryland has been like a revolving door for a lot of years. And for Maryland fans, the way that you settled the most important position and allowed for there to be continuity and, you know, help keep quarterbacks largely healthy over the course of the last couple of seasons was a really big deal. Um, we are appreciative of all your hard work and uh, getting the chance to watch you play. We are wishing you the best. Uh, as this process plays out, man, how cool would it be if it ended up being Baltimore? If it ends up being Pittsburgh, please understand we're, the things we say about you on Twitter. They're not personal. We don't mean them, all right? Like, it's just the way that it works. Uh, best of luck, yes, dude. Sir. Thank you for taking the time for us this morning. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's Jalen Duncan, former Terp, um, one of the top offensive tackle prospects in the NFL draft. And, uh, yeah, he put up some crazy numbers out of the Combine. Pretty great story. Um, you know, someone who arrived in the sport late and has grinded and is now on the cusp of hearing his name called in the NFL draft. Appreciate him taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Um, I don't know if you guys saw, but on the uh, radio show yesterday, we did try the Pay Lamar ice cream. Uh, it's bonkers. It's so good. It and I don't like ice cream, right? Like, I, I said I don't like ice cream. I stopped eating ice cream a long time ago, N- even before I, like, tried to get healthy because I was – feeling like I was probably lactose intolerant. Like, I've never been tested, but the things that happen to me after I consume certain types of dairy. Did, did it happen? Oddly, it cheese does not impact me the same way. Like, But I'm telling you, milk, 
and ice cream specifically did did numbers on me. Hmm. So ice cream, I I can't. Yeah, ice cream. I I struggle with ice cream as well. But yeah, cheese and cheese and like it's milk, weird. I'm like okay. somebody's yogurt, yogurt, and I'm, that's I'm what somebody's like. Yeah, it's not lactose intolerant, dude. I don't know what it is. I just know I probably shouldn't drink milk like regular milk. I'll drink like soy milk or almond milk or something. I actually love almond milk. Um, and I just don't eat ice cream. Like they were just two things that I realized my my stomach was very happy about my decision making. What I've kind of decided is even if it is cheese, I ain't giving it up. Like it ain't happening. If I'm married now, my wife can just deal with it. That's where we are. Um, but we tried the the Palomar ice cream from the che- the Charmery. Now the bad news is I think I saw them a message yesterday, uh, as they were very kind and they reshared uh, the segment, the clip of us um, trying it. I think I saw a follow-up that said they were basically sold out of it. <laughs> like, it was that popular. And I don't blame anybody. I Even if you don't want to keep yeah. Lamar Jackson around, dude, it's that good. <laughs> it's nuts. The concept is it's supposed to taste like a payday candy bar. Oh, okay. So payday, pay Lamar, that's the idea. It's insane. Now I got to go try it. It's insane yeah. how good it is. It's one of the best ice creams I've ever tasted in my life. I, I said to Rita, I'm like, I'm only going to have one bite. Like, because I can't, I just can't eat that much, much ice cream. I probably had four. Like, it was that good. Insane how good that ice cream is. Everybody was talking about that uh, over the course of the weekend. Um, yeah, it's, it is the wrong way for me to say it, John. It's not that I don't like ice cream, it's that I just don't eat ice cream. I don't like chocolate. The people get that confused all the time. I don't like chocolate. Plain chocolate is nothing. What's wrong with you? No, it stinks. You guys just aren't sophisticated enough to have the conversation. Plain chocolate is decadent nothingness. There is no, it is not a flavor profile that is appeasing or appealing in any way. Now, chocolate mixed with something, peanut butter specifically, can make it not only palatable, but, you know, flat out quite good. Clearly, you know, a Reese's peanut butter cup is one of the greatest. It's the greatest thing that ever happened in the history of candy. But chocolate by itself, like when my wife just gets a slice of chocolate cake and that's it, it's just chocolate and more chocolate, stinks. Don't like it. Not just I don't eat it, I don't like it. But yes, with ice cream, it's that I don't eat it. It's not something that I'm into because of my stomach, because of my. But to pay Lamar Jackson, you do anything. Support the message. Yeah. <laughs> support that. And telling you, if I ate, ate ice cream, I would eat this flavor all the time. It's awesome. It's bonkers how good it is. Well done to the folks at the Charmery who pay us no money, but that's how good the ice cream is. The ice cream is so good that I'm willing to give it the thumbs up anyway. Um, sorry, I don't know what just happened there. A couple other people that got in this morning responded to some things that came up uh, from, man, I don't know what's going on over here. I'm, hello. Hello. Hello! All right. From Dan. Uh, Dan says, uh, Glenn, with you on Maryland. We'll enjoy the game on Thursday and glad to have them back. Have no expectations for this weekend, but appreciate the fact that there is a bright future ahead. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I mean, like, it's nice to participate. It's nice to be a part of the thing that everybody else is doing. I like that. But, you know, it kind of is what it is. You're not going into it thinking that there's an actual chance of doing something of relevance. You're not going into it thinking that there's anything more than just kind of participating in the fun thing that everybody else is doing. You are you are getting to hang with the cool kids 
for a weekend. You're not going to win, but it's nice to be there anyway. It's nice to be a, a part of it and to be able to see Maryland's name written on the, the bracket for, you know, even for a day, if that's what it ends up being, three days, whatever it is. It's a nice part of it. From Ryan. Ryan says, as far as Lamar Jackson is concerned, I don't think that I believe that he would actually hold out for the entirety of the season, but do you think the Ravens might have worked that out with him ahead of time? Hey, if we get back to that point, we don't actually expect you to play for the $32 million. We will do a deal. I don't know about that. I also, you know what, i got to be honest with you, I don't know how that impacts another tag next year. Like, what happens? I would have to get more answers on that. What happens if the Ravens, instead of having Lamar Jackson play on the tag this year, were to give him a new one-year deal worth the value of... Of, like, the exclusive tag? Does that reset his his tags? Like, Uh I don't know how that works. I genuinely have not considered that possibility. Ryan, I would have to look into that and try to get more answers to it because... I is it possible they worked that out with him ahead of time? Hey dude, we get it. You're not you we don't want to piss you off. We know you're worth more than thirty two million dollars. It's sort of remember we used to talk about this with the Orioles all the time, where there were rules in arbitration yeah. like where somebody could actually get less money than they made the year before. And it was always it, like doing that to Jeremy Guthrie. I remember Jeremy Guthrie was one of the guys they did that. Jeremy Guthrie was one of the few good players on the team, had a good season. And there was a loophole within the process where the Orioles were actually able to pay him less the following year than what they had paid him. Make him take a pay cut. And it was just like, what are you doing? Why would you do that? That's a player you want to have around. That's your good player. You don't have those guys. Why would you do that to him? And so is it possible the Ravens said, hey, look, man, we know this is not your market value. We do not expect that you're actually going to play at this number this season. If this doesn't work out, we'll get a deal. We'll do a one-year deal with you at a, another number. We'll go out, explore it, and you know, have allow us to to give you good faith that we're doing this not to try to hurt you, not to try to you know for a punitive reason to try to penalize you for exploring the market. We're gonna do this in good faith. Forty million dollars next season if we don't get something worked out. Is it possible? Sure, it's possible. Our friend Steve Johnson, the former Orioles pitcher, brought up a point. Was we were talking on the radio show yesterday about how what he's liked about this, this process, the thing that he's liked about it is that it hasn't been public. Now that's created this world in which we're all speculating, right? Where I'm throwing out, I could Lamar Jackson yeah. hold out? Could be, it, and I get it. I'd rather deal in fact. We just don't have the fact. Could he go to the CFL? I'm, and, but, you know, I'm not actually suggesting that. I'm just saying, could he sit out the entirety of the year? Could he just say, I'm not playing for this number, come hell or high water. You're either giving me the deal that I want or I'm not playing. I don't, have, I don't know that. But the reason why we're all speculating about these things is because we don't have fact to operate with instead. And Steve's point was that he appreciated the fact that it hasn't gone public that this media hubbub exists almost exclusively because the sides have been able to keep things quiet. If you'd like to hope, your hope would be that that's because it's still amicable. 
that the two parties have said, dude, we're not going to trash you in the media. We're not going to. We just want to get this done. Let's be fair about it. Go out, look at the market. We're we're working with you. We're not going to say, you know, we're disappointed that Lamar didn't take our offer. We're not going to try to trash you in any way publicly. So you hope that that's a sign of everybody kind of being together on this. And this is all just part of a process. That's, again, if you're the hopeful type, that's what you'd hope about how all this has gone. I hope. It would be so much better if I was ready to make the transition, but I'm not sure which read I was supposed to do here. Ha! Ah, curse. <laughs> Could have been really good. I hope, specifically, that you get over to PressBoxOnline.com offers and get signed up for one of the many incredible offers that are available to you for baseball betting. Bet $5 with DraftKings and get $200 in instant bonus bets, along with other great incentives and promos when you sign up at PressBoxOnline.com offers. Baseball futures bets, season specials, and player award bets are already live in Maryland. Go to PressBoxOnline.com offers now for your shot at winning big. Jeremy Kahn is going to join us next as we continue along a Monday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Are you a diehard O's fan looking for the perfect way to show your team spirit? Look no further than Birdland Sports. Birdland Sports is a small business run by fans for fans. They offer a wide variety of unofficial O's merchandise from the Birds Are Coming tees to player cartoon shirts and more. And the best part? Their prices are more affordable than the big guys. So head to BirdlandSports.com and grab your gear today. Show your support for the Birds with Birdland Sports. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. Have you experienced hardship due to COVID-19? Whether it's job loss or a change in career, CCBC has funding available for short-term career programs like welding. Our welding program provides hands-on training with experienced instructors, preparing you for a career in a high-demand field. And with classes starting in March, now is the perfect time to take advantage of this opportunity. Don't let the pandemic hold you back any longer. Call CCBC today at 443-840-2222 or online at ccbcmd.edu to learn more. CCBC, welding. Your new career starts now with funding available. 443-840-2222 or ccbcmd.edu. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Luke Jackson profiles Orioles phenom Gunnar Henderson, breaking down how he was able to become the top prospect in baseball at such a young age and what could be next in his first full MLB season. Also inside, we meet lacrosse players from the men's and women's college programs across the state, and Bo Smoka breaks down another year wide receiver issues for the Ravens. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com That first sip That first bite 
Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. The Baltimore County Police Department is hiring. Entry-level officers started over $60,000 and over $64,000 for lateral officers with $10,000 signing bonuses available. Plus, cadets started over $32,000. Great benefits are available like medical, dental, and vision insurance, tuition reimbursement, 15 sick days per calendar year with no limit, career advancement to more than 20 specialized units, and more with further incentives for military service members and veterans. A passion for service, a career for life, with the Baltimore County Police Department. Find out more at joinbaltimorecountypd.com or call 410-887-5542. Must be a United States citizen, have a valid driver's license and a high school diploma or GED equivalent. If you miss anything on the show, don't forget that you can watch full episodes at youtube.com slash pressbox online and you can download podcasts on Apple, iTunes, Amazon, and Grindr. Wait, did I say Grindr? I don't think that you would find it on Grinder. Not that I know it's on Grinder or anything. I swear. Second thought, you know what? I don't care what you think. Here's Glenn. Today's show brought to you by your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Thank you to Austin, who got in this morning with his $20. In fact, says, if I win, just go ahead and give all of that to show your soft side as well. Austin, good guy Austin. That's what I'm talking about. I need more Austins. In fact, I need all of you to be Austin. No, you know, that's not true. I don't need you to. You win, take the money. That's the, the, that's the contest. It's a half the money to charity, half the money to the winner. That's the way it goes. $20 buy-in. And don't, where's the link? You'll get the link once you make your payment. You know why? Because I ain't chasing your money anymore. I was the idiot who did these things for years, and then I had to chase money afterwards. I'm not doing that any longer. Not because I don't trust you. Not because I don't believe you'll pay. Not because of any of those things. Because it's easier on me, and this is a charity bracket contest. $20. Venmo at Glenn-Clark. PayPal at GlennClark180. Cash App, Glenn Clark Radio. All the ways you get in, 20 bucks. We'll fill it up. And we're getting there. I, I know I'm acting like a baby about it, but we're getting there. Fill it up. Half the pot goes to the winner. The other half of the pot goes to show your soft side. My favorite animal charity here in this area. They do incredible work, actually not only in the area, but all throughout the country. It's not a shelter specifically. It's a full-on charity. If you want to find out more about Show Your Soft Side, go to showyoursoftside.org, and you can find out more about their mission and what they do to protect animals here in this area. They are very, very important to me. Please get into our bracket contest, 20 bucks, half to the winner, half to the charity. Let's fill this thing up. Let's have it filled up by tomorrow, shall we? Shall we? 
that would be very pleasant to me if I could just go ahead and send 250 bucks over to Show Your Soft Side on behalf of Glenn Clark Radio. I would feel great about that. Thank you in advance. If you have any questions, I don't know what you could possibly still need to know, but hit me up at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter. Ask your questions. Ask away. We will deal with that. All right? Capiche? Thank you. It is a Monday on Mondays here on GCR. We catch up with our friend Jeremy Kahn. Big Bad Morning Show on 105.7 The Fan. And, of course, picks every day at PressBoxOnline.com. What's going on, buddy? How are you? What's up, man? How are things? I'm all right. I need to know. I gotta, this is a fascinating question I have. When in your life did you reach the point where you were able to block out like the need to, say, watch something or indulge in something that you didn't care about and you could simply say, I don't care if everybody else is talking about this. I don't need to be a part of the conversation. I'm good. Like, for example, I finally, I, I'm telling you, last night, the first time I ever sat down and said, I don't want to watch the Academy Awards. I don't give a rat's, why do I pretend like I want to watch this? I don't. And just simply chose to, to continue watching, rewatching The Sopranos instead. How long did it take you in your life to say, I don't need to just watch things because other people care about them? I feel like I've always been that way, like um, where may- maybe it's contrarian in nature to where like if, if I hear a lot of people say something's good, I may try it. But like I also yes. may tell you I don't like it. Like it's it's kind of it's I said this about um, like alcohol, expensive alcohol. You know, like p- people tell you, oh, my God, this this is a two hundred seventy dollar bottle. It's OK if you don't like the way it tastes, right. <laughs> you know, like you don't have to like it just because it's expensive. And I used to see people do that all the time. Like, Oh man, this is really good. And you look at their face. Like you're not enjoying it. Everybody told you it was good. And you feel like you need to be in on the party. And now you're saying it's good, but your face says otherwise. So I always feel like, like I was the guy that liked Charles Barkley when everybody liked Jordan, you know, so yeah, it's true. I, I, inherently, I feel like that was always in me that to be a little bit different. I feel like some of the times that can be like naturally contrarian, right? Like that, it, mm-hmm. it, it can yeah. go that way. And I, and this isn't that, like I didn't want, I wasn't trying to make a statement. It was just, I, yeah. I legitimately sat down and like every other year I'm like, all right, I'll watch the Oscars because the Oscars are on and that's what you do. And then I'm like, I'm not, I can find out on Twitter who won the Oscars. Like, what am I doing? Why do I want to yeah, sit around? Well, and pretend- isn't, isn't that, but isn't that the one thing Glenn where it's like, I kind of care about who wins because I'm a movie guy, but that's not for me. Like yeah. that's, that's all high society playing this up, everybody doing dress up. The thing that was talked about most from last night is, uh, at least in my opinion, was Ken's blocking everyone's view and, right, and um, right, right. you know, like exactly. some of the other, and, and people were talking about Angela Bassett not clapping for Jamie Lee Curtis. Who gives a rat's ass if right. she claps for? Yeah, so, I don't, I don't... You know. I don't care about it. Look, I, and I did, like, I, the funny thing is I actually like watching good movies, so I, I try watching. I watched everything everywhere all at once. It's a good movie. Was it the best mm-hmm. movie all year? I don't, all due respect. It was my favorite. I, it was really good. I'm just, you can call me a rube all you want to call me. The best movie I saw all year was Top Gun, and you guys can feel however you want to feel about that, and you can say, well, it's a Hollywood blockbuster, so it doesn't, shut up. It's the best movie I saw all year. There was no movie that made me feel anything the way that Maverick made me feel something last year. I disagree. It insists upon itself. So, but tell me, what do you? Why yeah. do you? Why? Okay, I saw you tweet something about that. Why did you feel that way? What about Top Gun? Yeah. Oh no, no, that was that was a joke. That's an ongoing joke with Ken and I. Oh, Ken, I didn't realize that. Ken likes to say sequels are better than the original, and in in Family Guy, he said he did not like The Godfather because it insists upon itself. Ah. And The Godfather is the one sequel that I will listen to that was 
that could be better than the original, but it's still very difficult. And then there's, there's some other ones in there. Don't get me wrong. Like Terminator 2, some people like it better than Terminator 1. But like historically sequels have always been worse than the original. I just feel like this was so unique because it was like it was a sequel but it was 20 it was a completely different story, you know what I mean? Like I don't know. Mm-hmm. I it it made me feel things. It made me feel a way and it's not just the volume. I think you got really nostalgic with it kind of like yes. a lot of people do with um Cobra Kai which is a god awful show but yeah. as soon as the new season comes out I'm watching it because I'm in. 100% on that. And you know what but I would say about Cobra Kai is I know what I'm watching. Like I know I'm watching something campy. I know I only like it cuz it's it's giving me feel I did not feel that way about Top Gun. I felt like I was watching okay. an experience. Like a well-made motion picture with incredible cinematography. Like I felt like I was having an experience. Truth be told, I like Top Gun, but I don't have didn't have feelings about it the way that I do about other things. Like this isn't the way that I feel about The Sandlot or something like that. Like it's a movie that I enjoyed and that I can find rewatchable, but I don't even feel as strongly about the original Top Gun as I do See, A Few Good Men, for and, example. And I'm different. I'm more of an Iron Eagle guy. So Jackie, I like Jackie. Always, you can be always, Top Gun. I like always, Twisted Sister. You, you know, always, so that's what you. I'm on. I hear you. You know what movie stunk that I watched just because everybody loved it? And I'm telling it stunk. Was the Banshees of Anisha and that movie stinks. I, I, I haven't watched st- it yet. Don't. Don't. You're wait stop telling this is the this is the height of yeah, but it was really well made. If if you're willing to watch a movie where nothing happens for half of it. Just because you think it's got a statement to make it. Like, stop. It was not a good film. It was the type of thing that made people think, and so they convinced themselves it was a good film. And we like, uh, what's his face? with Gleason, with, uh, Brendan Gleason. We like him, so we said yeah. we like the movie. Well, he was Amish and Braveheart. Correct. We, look, How do you not like the, I, I, the red-haired best friend? Trust me. I like Brendan Gleason. I'm in on Brendan Gleason. This movie stinks. It's awful. <laughs> nothing. There's nothing happening. It's Dumb. It's wretched. All right, sorry. I made my point about that. Uh, are you, I don't even know if we've ever, like, are you a big Ted Lasso person or not? Yes. Okay. Uh, I was I was at the front of this trend. I was, because at first I said it's stupid, and I said, let me watch it. Right. And I watched the first episode, and I went, oh, yeah. What, like, are there subliminal messages in this? Because I love this. Like, I don't, I don't know what's going on and why I like it so much, but I love every single thing about it. Like, there's, I love all the characters. There's not a single person on the show I dislike as a character. You know, like, I just feel like they, they've done a really good job with it. So I agree wholeheartedly, and I was the exact same way when it, when it came out and everybody was starting to rave about it. I was like, really? Like, the show about the, the, the commercial guy? And then, of course, I sat down and watched said, oh, God, it's, it's even better than everybody said it was. It's, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's made me cr- that The Christmas episode last year made me weep in an airport. I sat in an airport traveling, and I was weeping, weeping, watching the Christmas episode in the middle of August. Like, that's how good it was. I bring yeah. all this up to say, I acknowledged this yesterday. I'm nervous. I'm apprehensive because I'm so excited about there being Ted Lasso returning to our lives this week. I, and I don't allow myself to get excited about a lot of things. Like, most things I come in guarded, but I'm allowing myself to get very excited about this. And I'm worried that at some point, maybe there isn't much more to say, right? Like, I think that what I'm realizing is I've liked the concept of the show as as much as I've liked the show itself. But we've got two seasons of the concept. Like, we know what the concept is. Are you at all worried going into season three 
that there isn't much more to say when it comes to Ted. Like, we need to know how the whole situation plays out with Nate. I get that. But, like, are you worried at all that there isn't much more to say there? Isn't there a fine line with that, though? I, I think you make such a great point with this. Cause, and I'll give you a, a, an example. Uh, I am worried that they're going to run out of stuff because sometimes isn't it better to to leave people wanting than to have seen it all and go, ugh, I wish I hadn't. Um, and, and I feel like a lot of shows are getting that way. Like my wife and I right now, we watch, uh, anytime we don't know what we want to watch, we just put criminal minds on. And I loved it when I first started watching it. And now I'm on like, we've watched so much of it. We're on like season, season eight. And I just make fun of the show the entire time. I'm like, do you know how ridiculous this is? Do you know how ridiculous this is? And my wife's getting annoyed with it, but how much I actually make fun of the TV show because it's just like, there's a lot of silliness to it, but I, I still kind of enjoy watching it. Um, with Ted Lasso, I love it. So, like, me being like a Game of Thrones nut, I couldn't stand the last season. And I'm like, they ruined it. They ru- they had the greatest show ever, and they ruined it with this. Um, so that really made me, like, you know, and that's one of my concerns with, with Ted Lasso, as you point out, that it could, for lack of a better term, jump the shark and be like, eh. Which, that was the Walking Dead at the end. I'm right. like, I'm in it, but I, I don't want to be. Which is why you know? I appreciated them bagging it after three seasons, right? Like saying we're not just going to keep dragging this out because it's popular and we can make money off of it. Like we don't, we think there is a limit to what this is, and I get, I think that was very unique. The limit was the concept. What we all fell in love with. It's yes, it's the characters and the stories and all that, but it was really the concept. The concept of no, this guy's just a good guy. Like. That, that was what we fell in love with, was the idea that you could just be kind and you could still create funny around that. So I appreciated them kind of acknowledging, you know, Brett Goldstein, Brendan Hunt, all of them sort of saying, like, there, there's only so much we can get out of this. Like, there is not 10 seasons worth of this to be said. And I say this as someone who has watched shows that stop. I, I still every now and then put the Goldbergs on in the background, and it hasn't had something to say in five years like it, it, it's just existing for the sake of existing. But I get it; it's not a show that I cared about. It was just background fodder. This is a show that I care about. I just think there's a limit, and I think they did the right thing to say, "Okay, we scratched, we scratched what there was to scratch. We're doing three seasons." I'm just now kind of worried that there still isn't really three seasons out of that. There's the, there's the Nate thing, and what else well, really is there? Another funny thing about me is like, I tend to root for the bad guy. Like I I'm different than most people when I watch, cause I want to see something different. You know, like I'm not, I'm not actively rooting for a serial killer to win or something, but I'm just saying like, I, I want to see more of it. So when I watch a, like a campy show, like you're talking about, like I thought, I thought the first couple seasons of this is us were so well written and perfect. And then they had to keep stretching and stretching and stretching to make that work as a, kind of campy heartfelt show if you will this has a little bit of that feel to it but i keep getting sucked in man like i and then i'm rooting for all the good guys i don't i don't want any of the the bad people to win which i know that that's when i i start to feel like there's subliminal messages in the show because i'm starting to feel so one of the things i'm most terrified of is that like the story is going to end up being that like ted is so selfless that he ultimately chooses to protect nate throughout this season right like there isn't a comeuppance moment that that's just how good of a person Ted is and how much he cares about this guy that was underneath his wing that like the story of the season ends up being about him protecting him. And I'm completely with, I don't want that. Like I don't want that at all, but that's sort of like what the concept of the character is that it would almost make sense to me if that's what this ends up being. 
the the only other show that really got me kind of like Ted Lasso did was um was the Ricky Gervais show that oh, they yeah, had that on you, Netflix. You got me to watch um, Afterlife. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Like, I loved the whole premise of that show. And even in season three, they were starting to stretch a little bit, but they brought in some other characters to kind of keep it funny. But, um, but it was like, it's just really well done. So, and I get what you're feeling about Ted Lasso. Cause you ultimately feel like at, at some point they're going to have to rehash stuff. Like they brought Jamie full circle. Mm-hmm. Do they bring Nate full circle now? You know? Oh, I, like I, I think that's the story. Right. And I don't want that. I don't <laughs> want that at all. I want him to just be the eel. And for them to be a moment. Jeremy Kahn is with us here on 105.7 The Fan. Oh, no, I'm not on one of He's from 105.7 The Fan. I was there yesterday. Um, I don't know. My brain, man. It's what it is. I, 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 I'm giving the wrong number. Dude. I, I told you. I've, given my, I've almost given my cell phone out no, uh, numerous times in the year. When I, when I first got back to Baltimore, I 1,000%, like the first day that I hosted on NST, like said, give a call four one zero, and because it, it was used to be the one zero five seven number used to be four eight one one zero five seven, which of course is yeah. almost exactly the same number as the number was over there, and so I started giving it one day on the air, and I'm like one zero, yeah, that's a different place. That's not. <laughs> that's just a number I used to say a when, lot in my life. When I was in high school, my phone number, the, because my dad ran his own business, our phone numbers last four digits were all zero. Okay. So, you know, like 410-481-0000, whatever. no one believed you? Well, the local – well, a lot of people didn't, but the local Pizza Hut's number was 0007, which if somebody hits the zero too many times, obviously it calls up. Oh, got it. So we would get called it. from the, the Pizza Hut, right. and my dad started getting tired of it that he started taking orders. Ah, yep. Okay, we'll be bad. there in 30 yeah, minutes or we'll less, or it's free, and then he would hang up. Yeah. It's not bad at all. So, that is yeah. not bad at all. Um, Jeremy, where are you as a better when it comes to the NCAA tournament? Like, do, so you know that the the amateurs are all coming out to play this week, mm-hmm. right? It, beyond filling out brackets, like people are going to sit down on Thursday afternoon and just go crazy. What, do you change your betting strategy at all in the tournament? Do you do other things? Do you just still look at all the lines, pick out what like what you like ahead of time? Do you do more in game betting? What is your maybe advice for someone who is planning on shutting their life down Thursday and Friday of this week and just watching basketball, but acknowledge, but has to admit they don't really know anything there is to know about these teams or these players because they sure as hell don't watch SEC basketball on Thursday nights during the course of the season. Yeah, I mean, I, the only thing I would say is be careful. I always tell people when they're filling out their brackets to always check the point spread to see how close these games are, like. Um, for example, Indiana's a four-point favorite over Kent, and I don't think a lot of people may look at that. And I think what some people do is they look at the records of the teams and go, oh, my God, this team was 29-2. and two. How are they, you know, uh, ultimately. The first round is so much fun. I probably, even myself, get a little too into it, where it's like maybe I stretch and uh, play way too many games. Like I've, I've done it before where you, you, you take a side on all 16 games because it's all going on and it's fun. And you know you're only going to do it for two days of the year. But um, it, it's, it's one of my favorite days of the season as far as gambling. I don't do too much live betting. It's something I may get more into. Um, but ultimately, I'm, always, I'm kind of curious, too, when I do it. Like There are times where I look at underdogs and go, I think they're live and that they can come back and win it. There are other times I look at it and you see these heavy favorites and these big price tags. And you're like, should I bet that? Is it worth it? Because I don't think there's any chance the other team's coming back to win. But, you know, they're, they're, they're all different ways to, to, to bet uh, live. But... But for me, it's, it's always been appointment setting uh, from the afternoon all the way till the end of the night. 
um, and, and watching all those games. I got to admit that Thursday's tough. The Friday makes it a little bit easier, but uh, Thursday's tough because of getting back up for you know the show the next day. Yeah, I get that. Is there anything that's already sort of jumped off the page at you and said, I, you know, I'm not yet ready yet? Like, it's obviously be insane to be betting a basketball game on Monday that's happening on Thursday or Friday. But is there anything that's already caught your eye? Yeah, I mean, there. So there's a couple things. I don't. I don't believe Purdue can win it all. Yeah, um, we agree and, on that. And, and here's why: like, you got to start poking holes in some of the other teams. They slug it out and they wear teams down, and it works for them. But I think for six games in a row, that ultimately that style of play. I mean, they they have to play almost damn near perfect because you, if you watch them the last three games, they've gotten behind in every one of those games and came back and ultimately made their run in the second half. Um, in the in the Penn State game in the Big Ten championship it was a little dicey right until like the last two minutes. And then they made their run in the first half to kind of close it out. And then they blew them out in the second half or handled them the way they should. Um, but, but ultimately when you start looking at, at some of these teams, like, like uh, Purdue to me is, it, you know, you got to get the ball to your big man. You need great backcourts. That's why like Alabama's far and away the best team in the country um, with, they can beat you 52 to 50 or they can beat you 91 to 87. If you want, they can play any style, um, and they're better at it than most of the teams. So uh, that's a team that I'm going to be interested in. Um, I do think Maryland can win their first game. Uh, there's some other smaller seeds that I'll be taking a look at, but I, I think the prices are, are fairly good. I, I feel like they did a really good job of putting the lines out. I, I like I, 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 Just doing a bracket, I did not have anyone south of a 12 seed winning a game in the first round. Like, And I find myself sort of saying, like, I just – I know it's going to happen. And, like, you know what's really funny? If there's one that I really like, it's Vermont over Marquette. But then I'm like, no, I like Marquette too much. Like, I, I, I like Marquette a lot, in fact. When you bring up Purdue, I like Marquette in that region. Like, I I don't know. I, there's just nothing that I'm, I'm appealing in filling out a bracket. Well, I'd say that. So, like, I watched uh, – I got to see a lot of Brandon Miller this weekend. And, yes. geez, that yes, guy he's, is so he's, good. He's very good. It's a, it's a shame I don't know if he's a giant piece of crap. Yeah, that's the thing. I saw there were Bama fans were uh, wearing shirts. Uh, yes. What did it say? Killing our way through yes. the SEC just, or something just, like that. Or just like, it tone deaf doesn't begin to describe it. Like it's. I I'm sorry. I, I I'll end up going on an old man yells a cloud rant rant here. It's insane. I I mean, from a reasonable person, Brandon Miller would be a really exciting part of this tournament if you didn't have this thing hanging over you where you wondered if he is at least partially responsible for someone's death. Yeah. And, and again, he's going to be the more than likely the number two pick, but there might be a team that takes him over one Vignata or finds holes in him. Those two guys, I don't think you can be wrong with the first or second pick in the NBA draft this year. Yeah. That being said, um, you know, there are some teams. I think Texas could make a run. You brought up Marquette. Not enough people are talking about how good they actually are. They're really good. Um, the, the one game that I really like is I think VCU goes down in the, in the first round. Um, you know, there, there's a couple of matchups that I think where teams are looking at. They're playing St. Mary's, and I really like the St. Mary's team. St. Mary's always becomes the afterthought because they're always like, oh, they're the second-best team in Gonzaga's right. division, right? Or they're, right. they always play them tough. But they're – they're a really good team uh, this year that I think a lot of people on the East Coast haven't watched enough. And I think BCU is really, really good, but I think they knocked them off um, and cover. That, that was one of my favorite plays, just looking at it initially. But, but again, I'll, I'll have everything out Thursday and Friday as usual, and it'll be up early so that way people can take a look at it and do with it what you will. If you've been following me all weekend, it's been a roller coaster. Really good. Yeah, really good. Yeah. So Saturday was amazing. Sunday sucked. 
Friday sucked. Thursday was amazing. It's just been that way all week. Um, so. in- interesting. Tonight should be a good night then. Interest. Yeah. Right. Correct. Well, it's a, well. There's not any college basketball to play tonight, but I guess there is. Well, any, five, uh, like, there were only five games that I looked at that I actually had an interest in right. between the NHL and NBA. Um, you mentioned that you think Maryland can win. I think they can win. I don't know how good I feel about it. Like it's a dogfight type of game, which should be more to their style. But if they just settle for threes the way they have at, at the last couple of weeks, then. You know, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm trying to keep perspective about Maryland where, like, I, I think even if they were to lose on West Virgi- to West Virginia on Thursday, it kind of doesn't matter to me, right? Like, th- yeah. th- this season was, was not supposed to even be this. So it's a bummer that they've kind of faltered these last couple of weeks. It would be a bummer if they, you know, sputter out of the tournament very quickly. But only because they're playing the game is it a bummer. Like, to me, on the whole – what this season was supposed to be, they have surpassed expectations, and I kind of don't care any longer. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Like they, like I expect them to beat West Virginia. I, I think they're a better team than West Virginia. West, like West Virginia is getting all this credit because of the conference they were in, and they played a lot of those teams tough. But you know, there's familiarity in the conference. That's why you, you see these upsets from time to time. Um, but I do think these are two fairly evenly matched teams, but I, I do think the Terps are slightly better, even though they're a two-and-a-half-point underdog. Um, but ultimately, like, whoever wins this game, good luck. <laughs> you get, and I'm not telling you even Bama's going to win at all. Oh, like, they no. could stub their toe as well, but they're just – they're deep. They, they've got talent all across the board. If it's not Miller, it's Quinterly. Um, their big man just stepped up and had it. He's usually just rebounding and blocking shots, and if he gets in the double digits, I mean, come on. There's, there's just a lot of scoring and a lot of good defensive players on that Bama team. And I think Maryland, West Virginia, whoever wins that game is probably going home in the next round. Excellent. That's that's where I am too. I don't think it's going to matter all that much because they're just gonna get pummeled, honestly. Like I don't think that it's yeah. likely that you'd even be competitive. All right, what's going on in the Big Bad Morning Show this week? So it's Ed and I, uh I think Rob comes back Wednesday or Thursday. We'll have the whole crew there getting ready for uh, March Madness and all the games coming up, so I'm just excited. I think Thursday and Friday is going to be a lot of fun. No doubt. All right, buddy. Uh, at JeremyCon1057 on Twitter is how you follow him. Of course, every morning, 6 to 10 a.m. on 105.7 The Fan. Appreciate you, pal. We'll talk to you next Monday. All right, man. I'll talk to you. It's Jeremy Con 105.7 The Fan with us here on GCR. Um, I'm in this weird place because I, at first I thought it was they were dumping the whole season of Ted Lasso on Wednesday. That's not They're doing the weekly bit, which is much better because it was going to be quite awkward for me because I just want to watch basketball all day on Thursday. and Well, that's uh, why it's coming out on Wednesday, so you can yes, watch. Get, well, well, but it's just one episode. It. It's just yeah. one episode. They're getting out of the way, yeah. and then we can wait till next Wednesday for the next episode. Um, it is it is uncomfortable for me for this weekend because we host a huge uh, tournament or uh, event out at Stevenson with 10 teams playing lacrosse and right. um, yes. not ideal. So I appreciate the fact that Maryland is playing on Early. Thursday. Well, it's and, uh, yeah, no, I guess, Thursday yeah. is what I care about because we don't have any games yeah. on Thursday. It's the very first game. Uh, they are. They are playing at 12-15. It's the first game of the slate on Thursday with uh, Jim Nance, the, uh, the the Final Four crew. This is Jim's Final Final Four, right? This is his, is I that, guess is we that should say, last Final Four. This is, I believe, this is the last one for Jim Nance because he is ceding that responsibility, sticking around with his other responsibilities, but ceding the Final Four. Yes, this is his last Final Four um, that he will be calling oh, this year. Iron Eagle. Okay. Yes, it's the great Iron Eagle that replaces him. But what I don't know, what I don't remember is, yes, he is stepping away from NCAA tournament coverage altogether. I couldn't remember if like next year he's going to do 
you know, the first two rounds of the tournament or the first two weekends of the tournament and then just let Ian Eagle do the Final Four. But uh, CBS said he'll be stepping away from NCAA tournament alt- coverage altogether but staying on for NFL and golf. I love Jim. I do. And I great Jim's been a friend of ours over the years for whatever reason. He and Drew like each other a great deal. I mean, I know why Drew loves him. I understand that part of it. It's, it's golf. But Jim has put up with us and... <laughs> despite being the star of stars, has always gone out of his way to uh, spend time with us, and I've always been very appreciative of that. But I've also been very honest about it. I think Jim Nance is a ten and a half when he does golf. Like, I think that there is no broadcast relationship that has been more sensical over the years than Jim Nance and golf. He's the voice of golf. I think he's good at other sports. But I don't think he's as good at other sports as he is at golf. And you guys know how I feel about Ian and Kevin Harlan and Mike Tirico when it comes to the NFL. The bummer is I don't think that anyone is more associated with college basketball or better at college basketball than Gus Johnson is. And because he left for Fox, we just don't. Like that, that to me is one of the truly heartbreaking things about sports broadcasting over the last 10 years is that there was no one that was, to me, better suited. Like, Gus Johnson should be doing the Final Four. And I love Ian. I think Ian's going to be incredible at it. But this should have been set up for Gus Johnson to be the guy to get the Final Four um, and to be the voice of the NCAA tournament because he was the voice of the NCAA tournament. He was the joy. Of, and then they tried to stick him on soccer and like, he's still very good at the things that he yeah. does. He's still very good when he does Big East basketball or the rare times that we get him in the Big Ten. And he's very good at the college football game of the week that they do on Fox. But, like, the relate Gus Johnson was part of what made March Madness, and so it's just a bummer that that ended. But, yeah, it'll be the uh, Jim Nance, Bill Raftery, Grant Hill crew that has the Maryland-West Virginia game on 12-15. All right. Uh, my, uh, top, we're doing Oscars, so you want my top ten movies of the year? No, I don't. Oh. You can give me your two if you want to do that. That's fine. That's, everyone's going to want the rest of the I guess yeah, no, you can tease no. everyone no. with my top two. You can put them on Twitter if you'd like. You can tell me what your top two were. The Batman is number one. The Batman, okay. And then everything all, everything everywhere all okay. at once was my two. Good, good for you. No I did, three. I did put my, because there was this tweet going around about Leonardo DiCaprio over the weekend. There was some somebody put out a tweet like, without saying Titanic, what's your favorite Leonardo DiCaprio movie? And I was like, who in the f would say Titanic? Like, I'm trying to figure out who that. If like maybe you were 15, if you were a 15 year old girl in 1997, <laughs> and somehow you were still a 15 year old girl today, then like maybe you would say Titanic. Imagine a man with the depth of Leonardo DiCaprio's career being thought of as the guy from Titanic. I mean, I get it. It's embarrassing because you look back and they let that movie win Best Picture at the Oscars. Like, this is part of why I don't care about the Oscars. Is like anybody with a brain can now look back and be like, "Yeah, it was fine." It was, they were on a ship. Good picture. It was. They basically they basically gave him Best Picture because it was a two hundred million dollar movie. Yeah. Because he got to like create this sort of prop ship that they used in the movie, and in 1997, that was a big deal. Well, yeah, so he deserved the picture. No, he what didn't. What else came in 97? Oh, that was Jurassic World 2. Jurassic Park 2. Yeah, I don't think that would have been at yeah. the top of the list for that best definitely picture. Definitely probably up there. What? What is this weird <laughs> bit that you're doing right now? What is that? Hang on a second, let me but, pull up. 
the no, 97 what the other what the other nominees uh, were. my my friend who who uh who 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 is a uh, trying to be a film writer and uh, so he's a big movie buff he loved banshees so he can't stand that you hate uh stinks banshees it's the type of movie that that like thinks Every, people that like think believe that they know about movies all think that it's really good because they forget <laughs> that real people have to watch movies too. Like people that don't think it's just so clever to waste scenes on the things that you're trying to push forward. It's it's not. White Lotus eventually got there, but it ain't as good as everybody. All, all of you want to make it out to be. I really need to see Banshees. I really got to see it's Banshees. It's just at best fine. But at best, and you have to be willing to put up with things, even to think that it's fine. Like this story that it was trying to tell is not even that compelling of a story. Like it's there's nothing there. It stinks, and Man. it's slow, and it's pointless, and it's methodical, and the acting is okay. I feel like the I'm gonna like it when I see it. The other nominee is for best. Picture in 1990, whatever this would have been, the 1998 Academy oh, Awards, okay. the 70th Annual Academy Awards. It was a weak group. Um, as Good As It Gets was a good movie. Uh, of course, Jack Nicholson and, oh God, what was her name? Uh, Kathy Bates. No, Helen Hunt. Was Kathy Bates in that film as well? What was the, no. What am I thinking of? What am I putting Kathy Bates? Helen Hunt was in As Good As It Gets. What did I confuse that with? Um, Remind ah whatever who yeah, cares I, it was sorry. good as it gets it was Jack Nicholson and Helen Hunt and it was fine uh, the Full Monty actually should have won Best Picture the Full Monty was excellent that was an excellent film um, that came out that year about a group of uh, unemployed fellas that pursued getting back into work by putting together a naked calendar was wonderful. Frankly, probably this the reason kind of the, probably the reason why the boys of, of yeah. Hammond Calendar exists, if we're being honest. The Full Monty was was excellent. It was a wonderful film. Get, there's your answer. One of my Goodwill Hunting was the best picture of nineteen and it wasn't close. Jesus I cannot believe that Titanic won Best Picture over Goodwill Hunting. Goodwill Hunting is an American classic. Goodwill Hunting was an exceptional as ironically as good as it gets was as good of a film as exists <laughs> and it lost best picture to Titanic can't deny Jim Cameron comical joke I mean utter utter devastating joke there's more by the way over the years in the Academy Awards that like you're just thinking in a moment it's like obviously it's embarrassing that Crash won best picture Chicago got to win best picture in the year both Gangs of New York and Catch Me If You Can came out. Insanely stupid. Goodwill Hunting was the best picture of that year. L.A. Confidential was the other nominee for best uh, picture. Which Jurassic, fine. Uh, Jurassic, The Lost World. You're obsessed with The Lost nominated World. Nominated for visual effects. It lost go. to Titanic. There you go. Just so close. So, so close. Titanic. God. Jackie Brown came out that year, too. Damn. Jackie Brown was a great film, but I get it. They didn't give Quentin Tarantino those awards at that point. So, Oh, Boogie Nights came out. That My God, uh, Titanic wasn't even a top three. I mean, really, I don't even know if it was a top five. Men in Black? I, you know what? I'll even give that, and I was ahead of the curve on the we're, we're giving Will Smith too much credit. Men in Black wasn't as great of a film as we remember it to be. The problem is Independence Day was. Independence Day is one of the greatest films ever made. Men in Black was... Fine. It was a fun movie, 
but it was better than Titanic. Titanic was as average a movie as it could possibly be. It was mid. Mid as hell. But God, did it capture America. And so because of that, we just let it win all of these awards. Imagine associating Leonardo DiCaprio. Leonardo DiCaprio with Titanic. So I put out my uh, definitive power rankings of Leonardo DiCaprio. Don't look up was... Not on the list. Not on the list. (laughs) Definitely not on the list. Did not crack the top ten. Neither did Titanic. I actually considered it. Like whether you know, just list. try to be fair about it. I considered whether Titanic should make the list or not, um, but it doesn't. I mean, it's it's just not. There's just too much. Like the depth. And by the way, like somebody asked me, are these just about his performances, or about the films? No, it's about the films. I said, because the, the question was your favorite Leonardo DiCaprio movie. So these were the films specifically. Because truth be told, like The Aviator is very low on that list. But if we were just talking about performances, it does not get nearly enough. Leonardo DiCaprio was excellent as Howard Hughes. It's just that the movie wasn't all that good. But his performance was spectacular in that film. Um, yeah, I think, I, I'm trying to remember what it, it was. It was obviously Catch Me If You Can 1, because Catch Me If You Can is perfection. Uh, Wolf of Wall Street 2, yeah. Gangs of New York was 3, Departed 4, The Beach was 5. I could have, then I think it was Django after that. That is what you put, yeah. Yeah, I don't. Th- I don't Hang think I missed anything. I'm redoing my list here okay. now. The Revenant was after that. Uh, you had one more in front of that. I had one Revenant. more before the Revenant. What did I have before a recent the movie. Revenant? A recent movie. Oh, Once Upon a Time. Yeah, you know what? In thinking about that through, I know we all love Once Upon a Time, but it's as just as a movie is concerned, a lot of waste in there as well. <laughs> this is the problem. We we Careful. all that's Tarantino. Careful. That's but that's the thing. We all like masturbate to Tarantino, so we're like we just put up with it. You but don't like Jim Cameron, you don't like. There is a lot of no. It's not that I don't like him. It's that we have to be honest about it. And just in just making a film, there was a lot of waste in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood as well. Plus, he had to get his stupid foot, foot fetish stuff in there. And we just agree to deal with it because we like Tarantino, but the truth is, it's waste. It's not necessary. It's just, it's kind of masturbatory for him. Like, I need it That's in here because so I'm I'm Quentin Tarantino, so I got to get my creepy foot fetish stuff in this film, and it's wasted. Like, it does not add anything. It's detracting to a film. It's, we just put up with it because we're like, well, it's Tarantino. No, we need to be able to be honest about it as well. It It's not... It's a good movie. It's a good movie that could have been just as good probably 30 with 30 minutes less. Like it was probably about 30 minutes more than it needed to be without adding to it. Uh it ended up being damn near 3 hours, didn't it? It clocked in up there. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, 2:40. Shoot. Like I think it would have been a great film at 2 hours and 10. It could have been even higher on the list. So yeah, in hindsight maybe the Revenant even higher. Nah, I would only be flip flopping those two. But okay. I, I'm okay. It's not like Once Upon a Time Hollywood was a bad movie. It was a great movie. It just, I've got as far as Leo goes. Yeah, it was it was a great film. So yeah, that was my top. And Gilbert Grape rounded it out, right? Yes, it did. And The Aviator was nine. Mm-hmm. I stand by that list. I I consider. You know what's really funny? I actually like Great Gatsby more than people. Other people like Great Gatsby. I thought it was a well. If you accept the premise of a Baz Luhrmann film, like that's the big problem with Elvis, right? Is that like. I think an Elvis biopic by somebody else could have just been a great film. This was a Baz Luhrmann film, and you have to kind of accept what you're getting in a Baz Luhrmann film. You're going to get the overly artistic, almost cartoonish looks at things, and in a biopic, you're kind of like, ah, I don't need that. I don't need a cartoon version of, 
of the Elvis story. I wasn't looking for that. Um, whatever. Every, I did like Everything Everywhere all at once, though. I did like it. It was a good film. It was a really good film, in fact. It was excellent. But I thought Angela Bassett should have won. Best uh, yeah, supporting, supporting actress. I, I thought I who who won it? Jamie Lee Curtis uh, for everything ever. I mean, ev- they won uh, every award except for Brendan Fraser won Best Actor for the Will. I've not watched the Will yet. I hear I don't know. I hear it's good. I heard that as a movie, it's fine. It really is just Brendan Fraser. Like that's that's what the movie is. Mm-hmm. Is just his kind of becoming this, you know, very large man. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I I'll still look at it at some point. It's not like now the Academy Awards are over. I didn't even watch him. I was so proud of myself. I sat down. I'm like, well, the Academy Awards are on. I got to watch. I'm like, no, I don't. Just fill out 18 brackets. I care about four awards or five awards all night. And they, like, I always complain every year about how they, they do makeup and they do. Sc- like, I don't care about that stuff. Why would I spend time watching this? Twitter can tell me if somebody slaps somebody. <laughs> what am I doing here? It's not a way to spend. That's why my no one time. cares because no one got slapped. That's last night. honest to God. I hate admitting that that's true, but that really is why no one cares. It is so embarrassing. Just like when Jake Paul boxes. No, well, there's no reason why anyone should care about why when Jake Paul boxes. That doesn't exist. Hey, gambling can be fun, but you should set a limit and stay within it. Remember that if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call one eight hundred Gambler twenty four seven or visit helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. It was a criminal, however, that Violent Night got shut out. Was it nominated for anything? Oh, I don't think so. Criminal. Criminal. That shouldn't be the case. It should be getting all of them. It's a violent night. What are we talking about? Um, all right. Thanks you to David Rosenfeld, who got in. Love Dave. Got in. Got his 20 bucks in. He's in the bracket contest. He's helping to take care of Show Your Soft Side. Come on. Let's go. We don't need that much more, honestly. Frankly, if everybody who just told me they were going to be in gets in, we probably fill this thing up. I'll push it a little bit because I'll have a few stragglers. But, like, I'm not going to go that much beyond 30. Again, I just want everybody to feel like... I think I said, like, my ultimate limit would be 50 if, like, a bunch of people came in at once. But, like, I I want people to feel like they have a chance to win. Like, I do... I like that part of it. I don't... As much as I like raising more money for charity, I do also like the idea that we do this and people feel like they have a chance. So I don't want to go too crazy with it, like, Right around 30, I'll at least stop talking about it. Like, I'll at least, I won't bring it up again. I'll call, we'll call off the dogs at that point. But thank you to Dave for getting in. Continue to get me your $20 donation. It's a donation, half of it is a donation. The other half goes to the winner, so it could be coming right back to you. Um, at Glenn Clark, or just Glenn Clark Radio on Cash App, Glenn-Clark on Venmo, Glenn Clark 180 on PayPal. If you want to get in our bracket contest. We'll come back in. We will get a tidbit, and we will get Tubu to wrap things up for a Monday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution, and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. 
Baseball season is finally here, and what better way to celebrate than with some fresh gear from Birdland Sports. As a small business run by O's fans, Birdland Sports offers a great selection of unofficial merchandise, including unique designs like Birds Are Coming tees, player cartoon shirts, and championship prediction designs. And the best part? Their prices are more affordable than the big guys. Get high-quality gear without breaking the bank. So whether you're heading to the ballpark or watching from home, show your love for the birds with Birdland Sports. Visit Birdland Sports. Sports.com today to browse their collection and gear up for the season. Let's go O's. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. Have you experienced hardship due to COVID-19 and want to start a new career path? Look no further than CCBC. Starting in March, CCBC offers short-term career training programs in IT and cybersecurity. And the best part? Funding is available to those who qualify. IT and cybersecurity are growing fields that can provide a stable income and job security. With CCBC's IT and cybersecurity programs, you'll learn everything you need to know to get started in these exciting fields. Call us at 443-840-2222 or visit ccbcmd.edu to learn more. CCBC IT and cybersecurity. Your new career starts now with funding available. 443-840-2222 or ccbcmd.edu. Another Orioles season is in the books, and the bat-around was there every step of the way as the Birds posted their first winning season in six years. And after promoting two number one overall prospects in Adley Rutschman and Gunnar Henderson, Mike Elias has said it's liftoff from here. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, and along with my co-host Zach Goodman, we'll be here every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon all off-season discussing every signing, trade, and waiver claim as we navigate the cold winter months that lead to spring training. You can watch us at youtube.com slash pressboxonline and facebook.com slash pressboxsports or listen live at pressboxonline.com slash radio. And if you miss a show, you can find us anywhere you get your podcasts. So tune into the Bataround with Paul Valley and Zach Goodman every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon right here at Pressbox Sports. Stan the Fan here welcoming back one of my favorite sponsors, the Costas Inn. And everybody around Baltimore knows the Costas Inn is a great place to go and grab crabs, steaks, salads, soups, whatever's on your mind to eat in person. But did you know that the Costas Inn has upped their game? They are now one of the premier takeout places in Baltimore. Give them a call now to order your food, 410-477-1975. That's the Costas Inn, over 4100 North Point Boulevard. If you need more of Glenn, you can also hear him every Sunday with Rita on 105.7 The Fan. But also, if you need more of Glenn, um... What's wrong with you? All right, we are winding down for a Monday edition of the program. My column is up today at uh, pressboxonline.com, so you can check it out. Just sort of my thoughts on Maryland basketball entering the NCAA tournament. Why? Just kind of doesn't. It doesn't really matter to me what happens moving forward. You can read about that right now, pressboxonline.com. Let's get a tidbit. Tidbit is brought to you by pressboxonline.com slash offers. As you get ready to bet the NCAA tournament, make sure you're taking advantage of all of the freebies that are out there. Like you can bet as little as $20 with Caesars and get a $100 instant bonus bet credit along with other great incentives and promos, but you got to go to PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. 
you're going to be doing some betting this week. You're going to be having fun with the tournament. Make sure you're getting free money, free bets, free whatever it is. Pressboxonline.com slash offers. All right, Salvador Perez making some noise at the World Baseball Classic, your favorite event sure. of the spring. Definitely usually. a thing that matters. Uh, he became the first player uh, in the World Baseball Classic in 17 years to have four hits and five RBIs in a game. Uh, so that was back in 2006, the last time it was done by this American player. No one knows. You, really good American player. There's lots of those. Ken Griffey Jr. Cool. Four hits and five RBIs in Who a game. Who could possibly care? He also joins Pudge Rodriguez as the only catchers in World Baseball Classic history uh, to have three extra base hits in one game. Sure. Also turning heads, uh, Santander had a big weekend, hit a big home run. I saw that he had two field. home runs this yeah, weekend. Yes. Uh, and then uh, Dean Kramer had through four scoreless yesterday for Israel. Great. <laughs> I mean, like I don't know what you want this to be. You know, there's an NCAA tournament. It's exciting that's going for on. the uh, exciting for the O's. No, it would be exciting if they did it for the Orioles. Spring that would training, be exciting. Though, that doesn't matter. No, no, no. That's what that, you're a hundred. You've nailed it. You've solved the problem. None of it matters. None of it. It's just a different version of spring training. That's all this is. Stop trying to make it something that again. If you're watching and those you're, plumbers you're, in the Netherlands I, or whatever, I, they care. I don't want to yuck your yum. Right, like if for whatever reason you're hot and bothered about the World Baseball Classic, God bless you, enjoy it. But you can't pretend like it matters or that it's a thing or that it's relevant in any way. I, if you're upset that the United States lost, God, apparently got skull dragged by Mexico last night, bummer. I don't care. It's not a real competition. Root for a real team like Israel. <laughs> they go down early, come back. There you go. God bless. Whatever. Uh, Jalen Ramsey uh, is on his way to Miami, so he becomes the fourth defensive back in NFL history to be named a first-team All-Pro three times <laughs> and uh, play for three different teams. He is the fourth DB that has ever done this. Three time, three-time three time All-Pro, Pro. third different team. Do you think you can name it? It's pretty tough. Uh, I mean, just because it seems so obscure. I, I, would, I, mean, assume, I would assume they're Deion Sanders Deion would be Sanders, on this list. Yes, Deion Sanders is on this list. Uh, you got to play for three different teams because mm-hmm. that's the problem. I can come up with I a know. lot of guys that play for two different teams, but the third makes it. And because I, and specifically, cornerback or do safeties count too? Uh, they they do, they count. Yes, they count too. Okay, well, now let me let me work through that because uh, that might. Uh, no, Brian Dawkins only played for the Eagles and the Broncos. Okay, that didn't help the way that I had hoped yeah, that it would help. Yeah, I hope that it, it would get me there because the two players I couldn't even remember that they played on a third team when I. Oh, so good. Yeah, I know. So good. It, it, they both played uh, great. They both did. Champ Bailey end up playing for a third team. He did not. He's in the last fifteen years. Both these players. I gotta remember that they played. Oh, Ed Reed ended up playing for a third team. He did not. Or or he, he did. Or he, he definitely did, he played did. for a third team. He did. He is not on this list though. What were the qualifications? Three-time All-Pro before turning thirty. Before turning thirty. Yes. Ed Reed didn't have three All-Pros before thirty. Really? I guess not. That seems according to ESPN stats and info. That seems very unlikely. Are you sure they included safeties? It's DBs, yeah, because the other guy, one of these guys, is a definitely safety. a safety. He's still active. The, the safety is still active. Still an active player. Still an active player. Hang on a second. Ed Reed was an eight-time All-Pro. Why do I see six-time? Uh, I don't know. And now I see nine-time Pro Bowl. He's an, he was a five-time first-team All-Pro and a three-time second-team All-Pro, and he would have turned thirty in. So hang on a second. He was born in '78, so he would turn 30 in 2008. So 2004, 2006, and 2003, he was definitely an All-Pro in all of those seasons. 
right, then. So throw the whole thing out. Okay, well, the, the second half of the tidbit that ESPN Stats and Info threw out, I yeah. guess because he doesn't fall into this, these four guys, they all won the Super Bowl, in, or the three, the first three guys, all won the Super Bowl Before in their first year. No, in the first year with the third, with their their new year with the third team. Okay, well, that would disqualify other Ed people. Reed. Yeah, but that's not, it wasn't technically part of the qualifications. So maybe. Jesus Christ. Should have looked into it more. Anyway, do you want me to just give you the other two Hang guys? on a second. <laughs> hang on a second. You said one of them was active. Yeah, one of them still is still playing. Oh, this is weird. <laughs> Why am I not figuring out who that is? All right, go ahead. Uh, Tyron Matthew. Oh, okay. Yes. I don't know that I, I realized he was a three-time. And then the other one, one of the greatest corners of all time, retired in the last, like, ten years, I guess. Retired in the last ten years. One of the greatest corners of exactly all. Exactly ten years, I think, almost. Exactly ten years Maybe it was ago. nine years. You just give it to you? Hey, at this point, yes. Terrell Revis. I didn't remember him playing for a third team. Yeah, I the, definitely. The Bucks. He had a small stint with the Bucks. He had a stint with the Bucks. Yeah. And then he won the Super Bowl. Well, with I the knew the Patriots, Patriots and the Jets. Obviously, mm-hmm. were the two teams that I came up with. I did not come up with yeah. Darrell Rivas so playing for a third team. First, I guess it was the only year he played because that's one of the first names. But they absolutely just stopped counting it. I don't remember him as a Buck yeah. at all. So Dion won in, in his first year with Dallas. Tyron right, in his first year with Kansas, Kansas City. Rivas with the Patriots. Patriots. How about that? Uh, North Carolina became the first preseason number one yeah, AP number make one to not tournament. make the tournament since they expanded to sixty four teams. Yeah, NC State also missed the pl- missed the tournament in like seventy four. Well, that was back when you had to win. The, well, it wouldn't seventy four because they beat Maryland in the AC, so they would have made the tournament in seventy four. So presumably seventy five. Um, but that, of course, back when you had to win your conference in order to get into the NCAA tournament. And since it is March Madness, we'll have a champ- new champion in short. Just a short three weeks. Wanted to see who has the most uh, NCAA championships, and if you can name the top eight teams that have all won three or more NCAA championships. Maybe we should have shared, th- save this for another day. We're yeah, really maybe. okay. Well, I can't wait to, to see what. To? Cra- no, because now I know what the question is. I'm okay. thinking about it throughout the course of the day. But we're gonna have an, I'm having a crap tidbit one day this week, and I'm gonna say you really blew your wad on that one. I did blow my wad. It's uh, always on Mondays because there's a lot of there's a uh, lot of stats. Ucla. Yes, Ucla is number one. UCLA. Uh, uh, UNC. Uh, UNC is third. They've won it six times. UCLA was won it eleven times. Kentucky. Kentucky is second. Kansas. Kansas is on the list. They are sixth, tied for tied for sixth. Uh, uh, Duke. Yes, Duke, tied for fourth with five championships. That means that UConn's going to make this list. UConn has four championships. They are tied four, with Kansas. Four yes. gets you on the list. Mm-hmm. Now I'm starting to think three might get you on Three the does list. get you on the list. How many teams have three? There's no way. Eight. Eight, eight teams have three or more. Only eight teams have three or more? There's only one school that's ever won exactly three times? Mm-hmm. Yes. Is that right? That is right. That doesn't seem plausible. There's a, there's maybe That would be my next tidbit. All the teams that have won it twice, exactly twice. Oh, Jesus Christ. We could be here all day. Um... Okay, so then you have to start getting into, oh my, Indiana. Yes, Indiana has won it five times. So you have one more in the school has won it the three program times. That's won it. Oh, Villanova. Villanova, Villanova yes. exactly. Yep, there you go. Eight for eight. That's not, that one wasn't all that yeah. hard because it's the championships. I'm just really surprised there aren't other schools yeah, that exactly. have won it three times. Feels like. That seems really odd. All right. Tidbit is also brought to you by Birdland Sports. These great t-shirts. I love my Birds Are Coming t-shirt. 
in the style of Omar with the with the bird walking down the street whistling. It's awesome. You can get the uh, the birds and the wire block lettering shirt that's available right now. The 2023 World Series champ shirts. Uh, I, 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 Josh was acting quickly last week because everybody loved the um, Oreo Park idea. So he put out an Oriole shirt in Oreo lettering and coloring. So it says Orioles on it, but it looks like an Oreo, Oreo, Oreo like, cookie lettering. It's, it's yeah. pretty cool. I like that one. So that one's available right now. Go to BirdlandSports.com for Birds fans, by Birds fans. Great designs, awesome fresh shirts. Uh, price is a little bit cheaper than the big guys, but the quality remains just as good. Again, BirdlandSports.com is the website. Tubular is brought to you today by, ooh, this one's brought to you by the Press Box Print Issue, which is available right now for free at your neighborhood Royal Farms and in the hundreds of locations around town where you find Press Box. Read it all, pressboxonline.com. There's Gunnar Henderson on the cover. Go pick it up today. Obviously, no college basketball this evening. Not even a CBI CI, or something like that. They don't get underway. There's apparently something called the PS8 which is a thing, and Detroit did not make the CBI, so they are holding out hope that they will be invited to the PS8, which is allegedly a basketball tournament. PS8? Not sure what it is, but I, it's... It's creating a tournament just this year. I, this is, I don't know. I don't know anything about it. I can't speak to you. Postseason 8. Yep, whatever that is. Eight teams, they all, maybe it's a gauntlet-style thing. Like They all play against each other at once. It's a Royal Rumble of sorts. I, I don't know. I don't know what the PSA is. Oh, it looks like it's not there. coming until 2024. Oh, so oh, there was definitely a report last night they were hoping to do it this year. Um, they were just gonna like, hey, let's accelerate everything. I saw. I don't remember who reported it, but somebody absolutely reported that there was a hope that Detroit would be involved in the PSA if it could happen this year. Like, that was a thing. Like, somebody, a, you know, a, a real reporter put that out there last night. I don't remember who it was off the top of my head. But that was put out there last night about the so and if you don't know Antoine Davis who plays at Detroit came up three points shy. Hello, Pete Maravich's all-time scoring record in college basketball history, and the thought is that one of these fly-by-night illegitimate postseason tournaments would invite them a pay-for-play type of tournament would invite them to participate um, in order to allow him to illegitimately break this record. You're not a fan of Antoine Davis. I don't. I did. I don't care enough to be bothered by it. But like, come on, man. I, I did tweet that out last night. Like, as I was reading this tweet, I was like, when you know that what you're doing is very real and very legitimate. <laughs> Trying to play in the PS8. Uh, hang on a second. I'll the... tell you what it was. It was the Jeff Eisenberg was the one who reported it. Jeff Eisenberg from Yahoo said Detroit Mercy didn't receive an invitation from the CBI. I'm told with Antoine Davis still three points shy of Pete Maravich's. All-time NCAA scoring record, Detroit is waiting to see if something called the PS8 tournament forms in time for this year and extends an offer. After the national championship. His follow-up, his follow-up was, here's every shred of information about the PS8 on its website, and all it says is PS8, College Hoops Postseason 8, March 2024. That is the, that's what I was just looking at. Yep. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> that's what he's got. Uh, by the way, I, I did I, like I did like this follow up from Extreme Couponer on Twitter. Maybe Ja Rule can put something together. <laughs> Antoine Davis, <laughs> not bad. I also like the response that said they're just skipping PS Seven <laughs> altogether. <laughs> A lot of good tweets in response to that one. That one worked for me. 
All right, here's what's coming up uh, tonight slash today, totally tubular-wise. Orioles doing a split squad thing, and two games, you can see none of them. So you, actually, that's not true. If you've got an MLB TV subscription, you can watch the worst of the two squads. Go to Atlanta, um, or go play against Atlanta. There's a Braves video and audio broadcast available on MLB TV. Spencer Watkins on the mound against Dylan Dodd. The good one is the one in Sarasota, and there is no broadcast for that one. Tigers and Orioles, Zach Logue and Kyle Gibson, the pitching matchup there. Uh, like, yeah. What? I was just going to complain. Like, how hard is it? Like, they could do, like, uh, what they do for Griffin, high school games. Griffin. You know, just set <laughs> You up think that you're the first person that's yeah. brought that up. We've been talking about ridiculous. it for 15 years. It's, it's just what it is. I, I Look, man, you're right. <laughs> you're just repeating the same things we've repeated forever. Like, we all know it's just not happening. World Baseball Classic tonight, if, you, if you're if you into it, um, Canada and the U.S. at 10 o'clock. And I guess the U.S. has to win now, like now that they lost to Mexico. I don't know how that works. That'd be crazy if they... Do you get eliminated with two losses or executed? I don't know how this goes. I think, yeah, I don't know. Canada and the USA tonight. At 10. Again, another great way to get people invested is to make sure all the USA games are being played at 10 p.m. Super idea. They are just killing it. Uh, on this front, Israel and Puerto Rico at 7. This afternoon, Dominican and Nicaragua at noon, and Colombia, Great Britain at 3 on Fox Sports 2. ESPN, Grizzlies Mavericks, 7.30. Suns Warriors at 10 o'clock. That was pretty good, although no Kevin Durant, of course. Uh, NHL Network, Avalanche Canadiens at 7.30. MLB Network, Red Sox Blue Jays at 1. Giants Padres at 4. Tennis Channel for Indian Wells coverage starting at 2. Uh, the USA Network for WWE Monday Night Raw at eight. Non-sports highlights? Uh, not a whole lot. Gives you time to catch up on uh, Ted Lasso if you're not yet. So, sure. If you yeah. if you have not been watching Ted Lasso, I would watch it. Re- I yeah, don't know who that person is. I have like three episodes left of this of the second. You didn't season watch because, it? No, I watched it. I, I watched it like a year ago. Oh, you're and then watching just, it ahead of the start of season three. No, well, what? I, I do want to do that. But I just have three episodes left because I'm, I for I'm, some reason I'm I stopped. But yes, yeah, so you just gave up. I don't know. I I was like, it was like school had just started, and then I got really busy. Weird and bit, like, bro. Weird bit. But yeah, good show, and I'm excited. Yes, it is a very good show. There's no debate uh, about that. Bob Odenkirk's going to be on Jimmy Fallon. I do love Colin Morikawa. What's, what's Bob Odenkirk? Uh, nobody cares about that. What's Bob Odenkirk <laughs> plugging? Uh, unless unless they're doing like a buddy cop picture together. It is Colin Morikawa. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, Lucky Hank uh, is Bob Odenkirk. He comes out what on Sunday night on AMC. It is just he's like a professor at a at a school. And I mean, he's like I'm the head of the English department. I'm inclined to. It's the same producers as uh, as uh, Breaking Bad and and uh, Better Call Saul. Okay, so I mean, I'm inclined it, to. It say, should be really yeah. very good. Yeah, but let's yeah. do it. Lucky Hank Lucky Sunday Hank. night that comes out. Sunday I night. will watch this. I did not know anything about it, but I'll watch it. Um, I was hoping it meant that uh, nobody part two is coming. Nobody isn't. Are they doing that? Aren't they doing Are they? a sequel? I could have sworn I saw they were doing a sequel for Nobody, which they should because it was excellent. Nobody sequel. That's a thing, right? Yeah, nobody sequel. Nobody two. It's aiming to film. Oh, it's not even okay, filming yeah, so. until this year. So it's gonna be a little while before we get nobody two, Probably. which is a shame because it. I, we can use more of that in our life. Like I, I'm almost. It was so good, and I'm almost at John Wick level with it. We're like put out a hundred of them. Like I can't even remember which John Wick is which. I swear to God, if you ask me to say an- anything about the plot of any of the three John Wick movies, and I've watched all of them, I watched the first one multiple times. I couldn't tell you anything about the plot of any one of them, but I know I enjoyed them all. <laughs> like I, I will watch. That's the way it goes. I treat John Wick like 
other people treat Fast and the Furious. Don't know why we're doing it. Does anyone treat Fast and the Furious? Like people, they still go. Every single one of them still makes billions of dollars at the box office. Yeah, I guess so. They're all smash hits. I don't know how you remember which one was which. My wife watches every single one of them when they come out. In so theaters. she was, she was excited for that that new Fast Ten trailer that was four minutes oh, long. She's thrilled. She's four minutes she's, long. She she watches every stupid movie when it comes out. She made me go see one of them, the one that Ronda Rousey was in. She made me go see. That was the one where, where Paul Walker died, right? Yeah, that was the same one. I think so. She made me go watch that one with her because she couldn't find somebody else to go. I was like, and like it's not nearly as bad as, like she once uh, offered me a one time anything in exchange for going to see a Twilight movie with her, and I, I desperately, I was so trying to fall asleep because I was afraid I was going to gouge my eyeballs out. It was one of the worst things I've ever seen in my life. I don't feel that way about Fast and the Furious. They're all fun, but like I'm not into it. It's not my thing. Anyway, go ahead. What yeah. we're doing? Oh, uh, uh, nobody. I, guess I want more nobody. Oh, yeah, more nobody. Uh, top ten. We are getting more John Wick though. That is the good. Yes, that's yeah. this week, right? I believe so. If it's not this week, yeah, I think it is. I think it's this week. Yeah. 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 God, a lot going on this week. Top ten entrepreneurs on a uh, Peyton Manning's right, history. It's, it's, it's not a thing. I've mentioned it every week, so Why? I have to keep going. Stop. Top ten entrepreneurs. Don't do it anymore. <laughs> Nobody's watching. <laughs> Nobody cares. I mean, they find out it's the most highly rated show on television. <laughs> Anything else? No. Yeah. That's All right. Hey, uh, gambling can be fun, but you should set a limit. Stay within it. Remember that if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Thanks today to Jonas Schaefer. Thanks also to Jalen Duncan, former Terp, getting ready for the NFL draft, as well as to Jeremy Kahn. We'll get it all up in the great. Oh, we want all J's, triple J's yeah, today. Uh, we'll get it all up in the greatest hits section of the. Oh, my God, it's so good. Tab at glenclarkradio.com. Anything tomorrow? Yeah. Patrick I mean, Stevens. Yeah, Patrick Stevens. Stuff and things. Stuff and things. All right. Hooray. Thanks, everybody, Pressbox, all of our great sponsors and partners, the Baltimore County Police Department, Problem Gambling, Royal Farms, Costas Inn, CCBC, Birdland Sports, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Griffin. Follow him on Twitter at Griffin underscore Bass. Follow us, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Monday evening. Go nobody. Go nobody, too. Duke sucks. <laughs>